Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And a story that dominates many of the papers, and rightly so. I mean, some would say they should have got 66 years jail each, but uh, sentencing yesterday handed down to Ethan Nicolahu, uh, a 23-year-old. This, of course, is to do with, uh, I should have mentioned, actually, it's the five teenagers, my apologies, involved in the gang rape of a young 17-year-old girl. When you add up all of their sentences, as the papers do today, it comes to 16, 66 years in total. And that misfortunate girl, who's now in her early 20s, was repeatedly sexually assaulted and raped after she got into a car with the thugs thinking that they were her friends after a night out in Tullamore. I went into the detail, or at least what I deemed to be uh, okay to broadcast yesterday uh, of the rape and uh, what they actually did to the misfortunate girl, this gang rape. They also filmed it, incidentally. Uh, Well, that sentence was handed down yesterday. Ethan Nicolau got seven years. Eduardo Dias Ferreira Filho got 18 years. Marcus Vinicius da Silva Umbelino got 22 years. Gabriel Gomez de Rocha got 24 years. And Connor Byrne, the only man who actually pleaded guilty, uh, got 10 years jail. So it dominates many of the papers today, for sure it does, and it doesn't make for easy uh, reading. Uh, meanwhile, with the way we are trying to navigate through all of these different crises we've had over the past couple of years, the latest one, of course, is, uh, is cost of living. Uh, the Mail this morning says that older people uh, are facing a dilemma more than anybody else. The headline says, Rural Ireland and the elderly feel the pinch more. Talked about this with Paddy um, O'Brien yesterday because, of course, what we do know is that many elderly people are at home a lot longer during the day um, and feel colder a lot more than younger generations. And, um, you know, they have fires going an awful lot more and therefore it's costing them an awful lot more. But inflation actually always will hit the poorest in society more than anybody because they've got the least to spend to barricade and to buffet against it. Uh, here on Lee side, the Echo says that there's nearly 75,000 people now on waiting lists just across Cork hospitals. I mean, it is such a, just a disheartening figure, time after time. Nearly a million nationally, and almost 10% of it here in Cork, across Cork hospitals. And then, of course, um, those that worked through COVID and were promised their bonus. I did read in one of the papers this morning that only 2% of nursing staff so far have got their COVID bonus, the pandemic loyalty payment. Um, it could be anywhere between 600 and 1,000, and it was promised six months ago. And it's still a no-show, and that makes the papers today. The Echo this morning talks about um, uh, the suicide crisis within the traveller community. And when you really look at that story, you see how young um, traveller children are where they talk about uh, suicide or they talk about suicidal ideation, or indeed they even take their own lives, where children as young as 11 uh, have taken their own lives in the Cork Traveller community. And that's a headline, it's a very alarming headline making the echo today. Now, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, of course, dominated much of the news yesterday, and to an extent it does today as well. In fact, many of the tabloids have Shane McGowan, a good pal of Johnny Depp, on the front page of the newspapers. Um, and uh, Johnny and, sorry, my apologies, Shane McGowan and his wife Victoria Mary Clark are saying that their prayers have been answered. They've been praying for this result, and they got it. Shane's joy as best pal Depp wins in the court defamation battle with his ex-wife Amber Heard. But there's an interesting uh, piece makes the sun this morning where one of their feature, well, it's actually a feature writer piece by a Labour MP, and she says, what does this verdict uh, tell us? Well, it tells teenage girls to shut up. Uh, Meanwhile, of course, with the bank holiday weekend upon us, and I hope you have a wonderful time. If you're flying or travelling to Dublin, you're probably doing so with trepidation, but the DAA are promising 
that everything will be fine across the bank holiday weekend. Meanwhile, they're putting up marquees just in case it's not going to be fine at Dublin Airport and it lashes down upon people who are queuing outdoors across the long weekend. So passengers will face big congestion periods regardless of what the DA are saying because this is one of the busiest weekends of the year. They're unprepared for it and understaffed. Mind you, um, if you're heading overseas, I hope you get great value because you won't get it here. Um, I know that um, people have been very, very angry about hotel prices and the scalping that's going on. That always happens with regards to hotels. Even We're even seeing it now with concert ticket prices. Like It, it will be cheaper now when you add it all up to go to Rome to see Bruce Springsteen than to travel to say the RDS in Dublin to see him when you take in the ticket prices and the hotel accommodation you'd be better off in Rome and then of course if you even got a bit of food or a drink in Rome that would be cheaper too where a pizza in Dublin would knock you back uh, I see the figures here well a pint of lager anyway would be 6.50 or more whereas in Rome it would be 4.50 the return flight of course would, have, would be tiny money if you go with, uh, with Ryanair but a pizza in Dublin would at least cost you 12.50 or more where you get a fantastic pizza in the home of pizza in Rome uh, for seven euro. I don't think it's the home of pizza. I shouldn't say that. I think that's probably Naples, is it? Uh, I think I could be corrected on that by an Italian listener, perhaps. But anyway, it's the Dolce Vita there versus the cost of living here. And anyway, I think that, to be honest with you, concert prices have just gone way too high, way too high. Uh, and it just seems that we pay the most for everything here. Uh, bin your dinner if you want to get thinner. I love that headline. It's one of the best ones I've seen in a long time. They're saying that you need to finish all of your eating by mid-afternoon. That seems very early to me, but they're saying three o'clock is the time. Eat all of your food and certainly your dinner before three and eat nothing after that. Hmm. Um, it, 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 it does seem to make sense. And, and, you know, a lot of people do it, me included. Uh, try not to eat before. I, I don't eat till, till midday every day and I try and eat the dinner as early as I can. But I think the rule of thumb used to be have your last meal at maybe six or seven o'clock and eat no more. But they really are getting draconian about it. Now saying, nah, you want to be finished all the grubbing by three in the afternoon and nothing after that. Would life be worth living, I wonder? And of course, car sales make all of the papers, or lack of them. We'll talk more about that uh, a little later on this morning. But they do give us the fact that uh, the slowdown of car sales is just down to a supply issue. They just aren't finishing making the cars because of the the chip, the electronic chip shortage. Uh, But they are saying that the top-selling car brands this year, Toyota, Hyundai, Volkswagen, Kia and Skoda. And apparently the top five new electric cars, Volkswagen, Hyundai, Kia, Nissan and Tesla. So uh, if you're in the market for one or the other, I wonder are any of those the ones you're going to buy. And there's a lot of car related stories. Apparently in the UK, this guy um, left his wallet inside in the car, right? He left his mobile phone inside in the car and he left a sausage roll. Thief breaks in. What does thief steal? The mobile phone? No. The wallet with money in it? No. The sausage roll. It's a crazy world, isn't it? And the papers also, of course, in the UK, page after page after page regarding the Queen's Jubilee. 70 years on the throne. And uh, many of us here are wondering what's all the fuss about. Go and tell an English or a person from England, Scotland or Wales that they are just absolutely obsessed with the Queen. And there's reams and reams of pages making the papers today. Lines are open. Text 0868 104 106. Cork's number one talk show. 
The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. And we've got another free food Friday again today. Your opportunity to scoop food courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. We'll start the shout outs in about uh, 15 or 20 minutes time. Well, maybe half an hour's time give you a chance. But text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. I'll go through the food a little later on. But Roosters Piri Piri will have you all well fed. So there's that and lots more besides get texting now who you are and where you are to 0868104106 to the phone lines we go Marie good morning hi good morning I'm so sorry what happened to you I really am to you and your mam and the goddamn thugs that carry on like they do when their balaclavas breaking into cars what happened so about three weeks ago um during the night, they broke into my car and they they tried to hotwire it and everything. They destroyed the ignition and everything, and they, they couldn't get away with it anyway. Um, in the middle of the night, you're asleep. In the middle of the night, yeah. I came out to go to work in the morning, and the kids go to school, and literally, I'm just like, "What the hell do I do? This has never happened to me before." I what did you see? A lot of wiring stuff. just hanging down from the steering wheel, is it? Yeah, yeah. It was just destroyed. Like they they ripped all out the the plastic underneath and everything. Um, they just made crap of the ignition. How did, how did like they get in? How did they get into the lock? How did they break they, the lock? They broke the fly window in the back. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how they got into my one. Um, so then, like, I was saying, okay, look, call the insurance and they're going to actually look after everything, which was, like, uh, you know, a relief as such, but I'm not getting my car back. Um, maybe in the 19th of July is when the mechanic told me. Now, why, like why is that? Is it because of the problem with car parts? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're just not coming in. Um, they're just a disaster at the minute. And also, he said his garage is full. And I drove up there, and it's absolutely full of cars with all the same thing happening lately around Cork. You're Cork talking City. about car- he's full of cars that have been broken into? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where were you broken yeah. into? Uh, in Blackpool. Okay. So you jumped into Mammy's car to go about your business for a while, did you? Yeah, so she actually went to bury her sister in England over the weekend, the on the 30th, that weekend. So Sorry to hear that. And she left her car with me, so I was like, so parked it outside. And I actually was so worried about it, because she has a Jap import like me as well, it's an automatic. And I was like, I was so worried. And I was like, Erin, it'll hardly go for her car, it's a little older. And I was like... It will be fine. I left it there and the same thing happened. I came out to go to work. Now, in the meantime, I had only handed in my leave of absence to work because I said to my boss, there's no way I'm going to be able to come to work with no car for a couple of months. So he was like, look, it's fine. He said, take the time off and and come back when you get your car. He said, but can you just work out the next two weekends for me? I said, Grand, that's fine. So hence why I needed the car and I came out again and it happened again in the morning I was going to work. I was like, my actual, my boss is going to think I'm having a laugh here. Same same thing, they smashed the small windows. Exact same thing. No, this time they got in the the car door, they wedged it open and they they got in. But they literally, they they destroyed the ignition on my mom's car and because it's older, they told them the mechanics yesterday that they're just going to write it off. Write the car off? Yeah, they have to write it off. They didn't manage to start your mother's car, no? No, no. They didn't they're the, thick, they're the thickest cars thieves I've ever come across. Absolutely. They can't, they can't, even, they can't even hotwire the damn things. No, they can't. But they sure damn tried. And not to mention, Neil, on Monday night, there was two fellas, again, in, in the state. They came down. One tall, skinny fella with a balaclava and one small fella. A very distinctive description because there was one tall and one small. 
you know, and they're just hanging around together. And one of them was looking into my neighbor's car and um, one, of, one of the neighbors actually came out to have a cigarette and she spotted them and they didn't even run. He just, hey, to your man, and they walked straight past, sauntered past their like bold as brass. With two balaclavas on their heads. With two balaclavas on their heads. Bold as brass. Half one at night. Good God. And then last night again, I know you couldn't make this up. Last night again, there was a young fella at the back of the houses in a red jacket, balaclava on, and walking around surveilling the. the it's impossible the area. for you to put an age on them, I suppose, or anything like that. But. All in their 20s, they said, definitely. God Almighty! What? So that's two cars out of action. One of them written two off. Two cars out of action. And you, and you, no and you need I to commute to... from Blackpool to. You're working photo, don't Douglas. you? I work in photo, but also my kids are in school in Douglas, so I have to get like eight buses a day now, which is also really costly. I, I just prefer to pay the gas prices at this stage. God, but does your insurance company not replace a car or give you a temporary car? No. So that's the the thing with mine is I I was changing over from my American license to my Irish license and I was literally in the process of doing it so I've only a provisional at the minute yeah and I went to do my test about a month ago in my mom's car and the backlight was out so they didn't take me out so I'm waiting to be retested and now my test is on the seventeenth of June and I know I don't have a car for that either and the insurance <laughs> company doesn't give a temporary car to a license like yours. No. They will. It's 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 up to the rental car's discretion whether they want to give it to me or not on a provisional. And I went to oh, I don't, I, I don't yeah. want to say the name, but they said no, they're not going to give it to me. You and see, I was like, what about if I rent it? You're technically on, supposed to have a full time full yeah, license. but I do have a full American license up until 25, and they said no, they wouldn't rent it to me on that either. I'm like, but why not? Like, wh- what is the difference? I just don't get it. They're like, no, because of the insurance I'm paying on the Irish um, learner's permit, then. I don't know. I don't, I don't, see, know. I don't think that it? holds water for me. If you've got a full license from another country and you were a tourist here, they'd rent it to you. Exactly. Exactly. So, it, like, to me either, like, I don't know. I mean, Jesus, that's what your insurance is there for, right? I, I mean, know. I'd love to get you sorted. I'd hope somebody's listening that might be able to jump in and get you a set of wheels. But I don't so, know. And my, I, mom, my mom's insurance now, like, they're going to write her car off and they're only going to give her a car for seven days. For seven days, I was like, what? That's ridiculous. Like, you're all, uh, uh, you've no care. You see, that, these thugs, like, they just don't think. No, um, they don't. And you know what? They don't, they don't care, Neil. And, and the thing is, they're not even stealing the cars to get money from renting. They're just doing it for the laugh. And if they're local, say, for instance, they're doing it to people in their own community. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, I put up a video. I was like, you're, they, you're, yeah. you know, you're doing it to your own people. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, Jeez, you know? Unbelievable. It's unbelievable the way people carry on, isn't it? It no, really it's, truly it's, is. It's, you know, not only that, it's, it's materialistic things. It's fine, look, uh, you know, but like we're all fine. But my kids are traumatized. I, I literally just got them back into their own beds after a couple of weeks. And then it happened again. How am I going to tell but them that this area is safe? Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Welcome home. How long, are you back from, how long are you back from the States? Uh, three years, three and a half years. Yeah. Now, we lived in Colombia, Neil, and nothing ever like this happened. We lived in Bogota, one of the most dangerous cities in the world, and we were felt more safe than this. Is now, that right? Like, really? They're waking up in the middle of the night, like crying, like having nightmares of people coming into the house and everything, running down in the middle of the night to make sure that the door is locked and everything. Like, Why are they doing that? You, since the cars were broken into? Since it? the cars were broken into? Because my daughter found the second one, and she came into the house hysterical, and she was like, "It happened again." I was like, "What happened?" Do you think the car? I said, no way. 
no way and I ran out and I was just screaming like I was like why like why and then my neighbours came out and they're fantastic like my neighbours are really really good and like they've been so helpful and everything but like it's really traumatic like we've just moved in there I just bought the new car got a new job and then all this happens I know know. who wants to be living in a local community where there's uh, where these these characters going around in balaclavas at night and the thing is, the guards can't even do anything. Why, like, why they can't came they? to me twice, and they're like, yeah, there was no fingerprints found, so that's it. Like, I, I just feel like you get no satisfaction. It's just like, they, their hands are tied as well. They can't really do anything, because if there's no proof there, and there's no cameras there, like, so I'm fighting now to get some CCTV put in in the, in the area, because, like, it's practically still a building site, so there's not everybody moved in in the area yet. <sighs> I know, so. I know, I know, I know. What can I say? What can I say? It would be great to get you a set of wheels, though. You know, it really would, because you need them, not just for the, the job, but for the kids and what have you. You really do. And I hope that yeah, somebody... Sure, I know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you never know who might be listening. Um, but, like, I, I don't know what else to say to you. Like, everything... You could get another car and you could park it up no, outside. I just it could want happen. people to be aware of the jack imports. They don't have immobilizers in them, and that's what they're targeting as well. Is that right? No one else in my um, estate was targeted. It was only me, because the the, the Jap imports apparently are easier to steal. But yet they they couldn't get two of mine. Yeah, and you know what? There's more Jap imports coming into the country again. Oh, I was told course. because yeah, of the shortage of, of other cars. You know. Yeah, I thought I was laughing in my hybrids. I'm not laughing now. <laughs> I know. Well, you're, you're, no, you're, you seem to be seeing the, 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 the bright side of it. I can't see any bright side of it. But you never, I don't see. You never listen. I, I've cried enough now, Neil. I'm like, I, I can't anymore. Like, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I'll come back to you if anybody gets in touch with me, all right? Just on the off chance that maybe somebody might be able to help you out. Sorry about that. That's all right. All right, Marie, take care for now. Right, Cheers. Can I, just, uh, can I just yeah. stay with balaclavas, if you don't mind? Bex? Hi. Sorry I didn't get to you earlier in the week, but I, I did see the video you posted. So you're driving home at night. It was, it's, and it was dark, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, I was saying 12 on the video, but it was probably about 11 o'clock at night. All right. On your own in the car? Yeah, on my own in the car. I'm just driving through Whitechurch, um, just a small little village near where I live. And um, I kind of see, like, Whitechurch is lit up, but obviously it's not entirely lit up. Like, yeah, it looked very dark to me see, anyway. Yeah. yeah, it was fairly bloody dark, and um, the, I could see this guy standing in the middle of the road, um, just above the pub, and like this was like the Battle Hillside of White Church. So I kind of started to slow down, but I was like in my head, I'm not stopping because I've no idea who this person is. Um, so the closer I get, the more he's actually walking towards me as well, and I notice he has like um, a chainsaw massacre mask on. I don't know if you know that. The Texas movie. Chainsaw Massacre horror yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I start driving a little bit quicker in hopes he actually gets out of my way. But no, um, I end up having to stop the car and he leans on my bonnet um, and just stared in the window at me, not not doing anything. And I know he probably thinks this was a laugh for him, um, but it wasn't really entirely for me. Like, um, So I'm sitting there probably... I don't know, like it felt like five minutes was probably like 40 seconds or so. And he's just um, eyeballing you through the windscreen? Yeah. God yeah. almighty. 40 seconds and is in, a long time for someone to be doing that. Yeah, exactly. And even like in that amount of time, I was able to look over to my left and I saw his two buddies having a great old laugh um, at him doing this to me, um, which I didn't understand because I was like, well, I don't, I don't really understand what's funny about this. Like, because if I had a kid or anything in the car... Or even if I just had one of my other friends that could be 
more of a nervous person. Correct. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know what way they would react. It sometimes it takes a day or two for stuff to even hit me. So I kind of took it in my pace, but eventually anyway, I came out to the driver's window. God and, and almighty, even I'm terrified listening to you. Go on. Yeah. Yeah, and then I just took off. And to be honest, I didn't even remember this for like two days. It just actually popped back into my head. Um, so I think I got a, that much of a fright that I didn't remember it. But um, I rang the guards and everything. Like, I mean, but like, what are they exactly meant to do about it? Um, but it's just kind of like, I just, you know, putting that video out where I put what it What are they out, meant to I do with it? They, they could arrest them. I'm sure that there is most definitely some law broken there, you know? Fear. I would say so. Fear. I, I mean, so. you know, the, the, the guards yeah. could interpret that, interpret that as, um, as, as assault. Oh, they interpreted it as um, they were just messing. Oh, charming. But you were terrified. I mean, I would be. Yeah. So yeah. you don't know what, they, you have no idea what's going to happen next, you see. Like. You don't? No, like, how did I know, like, one day I wasn't going to come up and run behind up the car or... Like, I always have my doors locked anyway in my car, no matter what, because um, I think women just have to do that these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, anyone could have came up by in the car. Anything could have been way more sinister. Okay, they were having a laugh. I didn't press to see it as a laugh. When I said it to my fa- my friends and my family, they didn't see it as a Nor laugh. Nor did I when I heard about it. Far from it, I couldn't no. help but think, you know, well, my automatic default was was my daughter in the car and driving home, and she drives home sometimes yeah. late. I was thinking, sure, yeah. she would be absolutely... Petrified. And tell me, did you shout at him or anything? No, I said nothing. You were frozen? Yeah. And they just eventually just... Yeah, he eventually just moved to the side, but he was coming to the side to do something else at the side, like to try and scare me more or something, but I just drove off, like, and... Weird. I don't know. Just, I don't know, like, I know, like, see, the guards were kind of saying, oh, maybe there was a house party or there was fancy dress, and I was like, I don't care if there was a house party or a fancy dress. A guy in a care. Texas chainsaw massacre stood in front of your car and leaned on the bonnet and, and, and stared in at you. Stopped my car. Like, yeah, yeah I couldn't move. Like. Yeah. I know, that's, that's very frightening. It really is. Did it, 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 The lads were telling me this isn't the first time something like this happened. Is that right? Yeah, this, this, that, that's happened my friend years ago. Um, even something like that's happened my mother as well years and years ago. Now, we knew who was stopping the car, but even at that, like, she... Would have been petrified. She as would well have been petrified. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Now that was a female that time as well. Like that, she stopped the car that time. And you, you, you were very much <laughs> on alert while driving the car alone. You say you locked the doors. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, all of the time. I mean, you could be anywhere. All the time, even if just during the day. Like my doors are not not locked. They're locked all the time when I'm inside the car. I can be a bit nervous, especially with the whole thing with that poor girl Ashley Murphy there not so long back and there would have been other people that I would have known something would have happened to all the time are you you on alert all of the time even as you go about walking or about your business I don't go walking (laughs) so I personally that stuff um, with Ashley Murphy really did kind of affect me I don't like I don't know why, but it just did because it's frightening it that yeah. women can't go around and do what they yeah. want to do. And then anymore. this, you see, that's you're explaining it exactly the way it should be told. And then this guy with a mask jumps out in front of your car and thinks it's funny. It's not funny. Yeah, you're terrified. It's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. These guys need to be taken out of circulation. There's some real crazy people who think that this is a way to get kicks and have a laugh, but it's not. It mm-hmm. just isn't. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, if I was some sort of loose cannon myself, 
what happens if I had something in the car to protect myself and I used that or I panicked and I drove the car quicker correct and you it would have come back it would have been my fault chalk it down yeah absolutely for him standing in front of my car and you'd be living with the consequences of it for the rest of your life yeah yeah so it still falls back on the woman and that's my whole problem all the time <laughs> I know I know I get you I go yeah. but listen uh, thanks so much for taking the call hoping that no nothing like that ever happens again um, have a lovely bank holiday weekend alright thanks for sharing Bex Thanks so much, Neil. All the best. Bye. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Uh, People are texting in their droves uh, on the government jet. Couldn't the government jet buy the the Gardaí 250 cars and just rent a Learjet instead? Uh, They're going to buy a 40 million euro jet which shows you where their priorities are, says Desi. Good point, well made. Uh, morning, love the show. Just one comment from yesterday's programme. Why was Leo Varadkar's wages per hour given out? Why not give out the Taoiseach's wages per hour and all the other TDs? I think it's just a bit unfair on Leo to single him out. Well, the reason I referenced it was because that cost a living uh, demonstration and pro- protest in Dublin. There was one chap there holding a placard with uh, Leo Varadkar's wages per hour. I think it was €89 Euro per hour. Um, anyway, uh, lots then on Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp. Amber Heard is rotten to the core. It's not the first time uh, she made claims like this. Neil would want to learn the actual truth before harping on and trying to please all the feminists. His commentary on this is beyond embarrassing. Um, um, thank you for that. Uh, I wasn't trying to please anybody. I was just saying that I didn't sit down and watch the six weeks of the trial. Apparently... What you'd read in the newspapers was very different to what people who actually sat down and watched it for six weeks. And that was a very, very strong point made by people yesterday on the air. Who cares about Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? Get a grip, people. Um, Amber Heard is an actress. Surely she should have been able to act how to cry. In fairness, guys, uh, another one. The photos were proven to be falsified and doctored. She submitted a photo of two incidents for apparent abuse six months apart proven to be the exact photo taken on the same date, the first time and second time. The police as well found no evidence of abuse either. Lots of texts on this. I'm delighted Johnny Depp cleared his name. Um, she did her utmost to, destro- to destroy him. Uh, all anyone has is their good name. Uh, listening from work, I watched most of the court trial. You can tell that Johnny Depp had excellent and truthful victim, um, um, I suppose this should be witnesses, not victims, while Amber Heard told lies constantly and constantly contradicted herself. She didn't have injuries. She claimed to have a bust lip and a broken nose, yet was at a party the next day. She claimed to be assaulted, but never once called the police or went to hospital. Uh, she chopped off a bit of his finger, and there is an audio clip. Uh, she was hitting him and said, she said, you go tell the world that I, Johnny Depp, am the victim of a domestic abuse. No one will believe you, Johnny. She defecated in his bed. Her statement is straight up lie after lie. And she had the statement out four minutes after the verdict. She was all planned out. There's loads of these. Um, do people not understand that because he was found not guilty in court doesn't mean he's innocent? 
That's how the court works, says Anne. Okay, uh, the fact that he she never donated the money to the charity when she said she did has relevance to the case because it showed down her credibility. She was basically caught out lying under oath. Neil, this is a defamation case, not an abuse trial. He won his defamation case. It did, doesn't mean he didn't abuse her, uh, says D. Uh, one or two more. I think people are missing the point of the case. This case was a defamation case. The question in the case is... Uh, was Johnny Depp publicly defamed by Amber Heard. Amber Heard cannot be prosecuted for her abuse of Johnny Depp, proven or not. As a matter of fact, uh, both were found liable to have defamed each other. The 15 million Depp was awarded means nothing to him and cannot bring back the opportunities he missed in his career. The jury did not find beyond reasonable doubt that Johnny Depp was abused by Amber Heard. They found on the balance of probability that she laid, that she lied about uh, Johnny Depp in the articles she had written. Uh, and I may come back to some more of these throughout the course of the morning, but there are many. Text 0868104106. Can I just go back to a story with Marie? Two cars broken into, one of them written off and the other off the road for a long, long time. Precious, good morning. Morning, how are you? Th- thanks so much. You just wanted to get in touch because you want to see if you can help out. Is that right? Yes. Okay, what have you got? Uh, I was going to give America for a week because my daughter is going away for the uh, for the week. So you don't need the car because usually you'd be ferrying your daughter here and there, is it? Uh, no, no, no. I will be using my daughter's car. Oh, there's an extra car. And are you sure you won't yeah. need it for the week? Because my daughter is going away for the week. Yeah, okay, okay. So I will be using my daughter's car so Marie can have my car. Okay, Marie... Hi, Neil. <laughs> Hopefully that will get you out of a jam for a week anyway. Oh, that is so nice. Thank you so much. Um, the only thing is, though, I can only drive automatic, so if it's not automatic, I can't. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. It's not automatic, <laughs> Precious, no? <laughs> no, they're both manual. It's manual. Would you not start to decide to learn to drive a, a manual car, Marie? <laughs> do you know what it was now? It was like getting over from the American license, and I already had to do like um, all the tests again and everything, so I was like, oh, just kept it easy. And I know. They, I was going to buy an automatic it, anyway. It's all automatic in America, isn't it? It is on automatic in America, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. oh, so near and yet so far. But listen, Precious, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for so the nice. offer. You're very kind. All right. No problem. Take care. Bye. Sorry about that. We'll keep trying, Marie. Hang in there. We'll keep trying. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Uh, yesterday was a very disturbing story of a woman who's been taken to hospital because she had a fall. But when you look inside the house, because I was sent video footage of it, it is waist high with rubbish, the misfortunate woman. And of course, uh, there are many, many, many rats in there. So if I have an update on that story, it's from a county housing estate. And unfortunately, many of the other houses in the estate are now also plagued with rats. Selection of texts on this. I rent out a house and my neighbour is living in awful circumstances. I have the concerns, I have concerns for his health. My tenants left because they're next door to it uh, and they left because of rats. I got pest control before I got new tenants and they told me the rats are eating through his doors and nothing can be done because he owns his own house. Mother of God. Can't come on air, but there was a similar issue with an old man's house in our area and St. Vincent de Paul were fantastic in helping the neighbours get the house sorted and back uh, to code, if you like, for the, for the man. This, uh, that uh, area is represented also by the county council and they should intervene. Um, 
the lady with the rats, can we do an appeal to get people to help? Could we organise a night ASAP to clean out the lady's house for us? I'd be happy to help. Yeah, but how can you do that? If, if you see the videos, I don't want to dwell on it on a Friday morning, but there are an awful lot of rats in there and you wouldn't be safe in there. That's the thing. These professionals. The HSC have a duty of care to look after that elderly lady. She should contact the local public health nurse in the area or at least one of the neighbours should. Yes, and if there is an update, we have a councillor working on that. Listening to your show and to the lad on about the rats in the elderly lady's house. I have the same problem in my estate in Mayfield. There is a resident a few doors down from me that lives in a dump site. It's been this way for years. They're just too lazy to get rid of their rubbish. And all the houses in the estate now have rats in our attics. We as a community have gotten onto City Hall 101 times. They refused to go near the house. They told us that it's our problem. We have to deal with it. If we have the rats, it comes out of our pockets. I don't understand that. I mean, it would depend, I suppose, on whether it's uh, uh, council houses or privately owned. You say it's an estate in Mayfield. If it's privately owned, the City Hall won't get involved. But if they're county, if they're city ho- council house houses, then they will have to get involved because they're the landlords. So I can't understand. Let me know which is it. It's either one or the other, private or public housing. And maybe the woman's details could be referred to the vulnerable adults social worker. Yes, I hope that that will also happen because she clearly does need some help. Uh, text 0868104106. On the story from scams earlier on in the week, um, on a positive note, uh, I recently had to make a one-off transfer of €1,400 Euro from the credit union account to another bank. I made the transaction online via the credit union app and within 20 minutes I had a phone call from Gronobroher Credit Union with a security check to confirm I was in fact making the transaction. Fantastic service, great reassurance from the team in Gronobroher. Well said on that. So that means their security system is working. But there is one astonishing email that I received and this is how easily a fraudster can get money. This is a big amount of money. We're talking Um, about a half a million euro here. Listening to your show during the week about different fraudsters, it brought me back to an incident I had a few years ago with cash funds from the business in which I'm employed. As a company director, I was in charge of approving payments to vendors and each month we paid a large sum into our vendor's bank account provided they sent the relevant invoice as contracted and I would approve it or not. After three months, I got a call from one particular vendor a little upset that he hadn't received payments for three months. I told him that his finance department had been in touch and had provided new bank details, to which he expressed concern. Um, The penny suddenly dropped. The scammer, you see, managed to hack our supplier emails and saw that we were sending large monthly payments and decided to create a new email address that was identical unless you looked at it very closely. Then, from that email, they contacted me to discuss business as normal, and somewhere in there casually explained that a bank account change was going to happen, and we would need to amend our bank details on file. I sent this off to my finance department, and the changes were made. Unfortunately, they didn't verify the change Nor did I. For three months, we sent almost €500,000 to the scammer. We did find out uh, who the scammer was, but felt that it would have been a long road to recovery, if anything could be recovered at all. An Italian business owner and a family man living in Romania that on the front seemed to be an honest life with a large workforce, 
but behind the scenes, they were just running scams. Thankfully, we were large enough business to put it down to bad debt, but this would have been the end of many other businesses for sure. And only that we were large and international, we would never have recovered or weathered the loss. Most companies wouldn't recover from 500,000 euro hard-earned cash to a scammer. But it keeps on... I always think of this from the point of view of how many others are they catching daily, weekly, monthly, every single year? And that's an amazing way. They just sent a fake email, changed the bank account. You went along with it. You thought it was all legit. 500,000 euro cash. Imagine if you should try to earn that kind of money legitimately and legally. And there's others on text and what have you, and I will come back to them throughout the course of the morning. But it's Friday. I want to lighten things up. Michael, good morning. Hello, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Do you mind if I call you the Dinky Man? You can call me whatever you want. Just I'm listening at 12 in the morning. <laughs> Are Dinkies? I remember Dinkies when I was a kid. Are they still popular, Dinkies? They're, they're not really. Uh, the younger kids don't go into them as much as... Yeah. I'm going on, you know? Yeah, like if you had a walk around Smith's Toys now or whatever, you wouldn't see a whole lot of dinkies, nah, you know? Nah, you see nah. big plastic trucks and things like that and the odd... You know, the odd remote control. The odd remote control, but not the, not the old-fashioned dinkies. I mean, no, what, no, have, no. what have you got? Uh, I've everything. Uh, I can't say more on Fords than anything else. Yeah. yeah Ford you what? Know? Like what kind? Ford cars? Trucks? Ford vans? Car, trucks and vans, yeah. When did you start collecting? <laughs> Since I was a child, I suppose. <laughs> but I kind of gave it up. I gave it up for a while and I went back to it again. <laughs> yeah. And how many have you got in total? Uh, my wife is probably listening to this now. I'd say about maybe around a thousand. <laughs> a thousand dinkies? About, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they'd be Cardi and Vanguards and dinkies and a few bits and pieces and ads and ins. They're not all know? Ford Cortinas, no? No, no, no. I have about 88 of my son. Go away. And yeah, do, you, yeah. do you have them out on display or what? I have a cabinet of them and I have three cabinets that I was getting made up and the rest are in boxes and every sort of thing and under beds and under doors and everything else. <laughs> I think... Could you be in the Guinness Book of Records for a thousand dinkies? No, dinkies? no, I, I'd, be very, I'd be a small fry, don't need. By comparison, really? By comparison, some of the lads, like, you know. Oh, wait. So give us an idea of the actual models of the cars that you have. I'd have, uh, <laughs> the Ford, no, I'd have Cortinas, Capri's, uh, Escorts, Grenadas, <laughs> a couple of Anglias. <laughs> I've one old prefect and I've Couple of V8 pilots. Any, have you any? Uh, have you any Morris Miners? I have. I have Morris Miner vans and cars and pickup trucks. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah. I have DLD, DLD, the Morris LD vans. I've five or six of those. And you know, I, I like what I really. I, I'm more interested. In we say, we say what what you see when you were a child. Yeah. Like I mean. You know, people down on collecting, we say Rolls Royces and things like that. There wasn't many Rolls Royces around Blackpool when I was growing up. No, you'd have had, you'd have the prefects, the Anglias the and the Morris and Miners. The Anglias, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you, you want, you have a nostalgic interest in the cars that were around as a child. I do, yeah. And I the understand. thing is, you see, there's loads of history tied up with me. Yeah, yeah. And you know of the, say, the thousand that you have, is there any one particular one that you're fondest of more than any other? No, I'm mad about Ah, there must be one, you know. There mo- I know I'm not asking you to pick your favourite child now, just your favourite dinky. <laughs> <laughs> I 
uh, I suppose the uh, Mac Tree Cartina. And would it be worth? Would, would it be worth much? Yeah, no, no, no. Like, uh, uh, like if you keep the box and keep it in the box and never take it out of the box, it's worth a lot more than the tie that you pick up in a boot sale or something That's right. that was played with worn out. That's right. You often see that on antiques roadshow yeah. and stuff like that, where it's pristine and the box untouched. Yeah. The minute but it's open and taken out. Yeah. Why bother do that then? Just leave the money in the bank or somewhere or wherever. You know, you'll have to take them out and show them to appreciate Like, at the moment where I'm sitting down and watching, uh, my mother's on the side in the glass cabinet and it's nice to see them. Do you ever, do you ever take them out and hunch down do. on the carpet and run around the carpet with them? <laughs> no, 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 not in a long time. Not a long time. But, but, like, we go out and we do, we do shows around the country with, with, with the virus there, no, we couldn't, but... We do show, we go, we, 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 I go to Bantry and the Cocky Airport to manage shows. You meet I other like-minded people? Yeah, other lunatics. What do you talk about then? Like, It's, it's not as uh, if you can turn on the ignition or anything. Models and what you got. And it's like fishermen. I, I got the biggest fish in the world. We kind of all like that now. I have a Mark Three GXL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you swap with Do you swap with others collectors? I do, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't, you know, like I might pick up two of a type, and I know a guy might want it, and I send it on to him, or I ring him in, like radiation wise. Put it like that. Yeah. Who Who were the yeah. biggest dinky makers? Was it Corgi or something? Was it? Uh, dinky would have been the biggest. Was there actually a company called Dinky? There were who the hell on there were. Oh, I cannot think. No. Triang or something. I cannot yeah. remember them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And you, like, when, when you pass away and go up to heaven in the skies, what's going to happen to your 1,000 dinkies? Have you willed them I to anybody? No, 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 my crowd, they'll skip them. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, oh, my God. I, I also heard that you, um, throughout your career, worked with the, the bakers of yesteryear. Is that right? I did, yeah. I yeah. worked with Compsons and Cork. So did you come out of school then at about, as a very young boy? I came out at a very early age. I, well, I left off officially, I suppose, at 14. Yeah. But I kind of left a little bit earlier than that. Did you? I did. I left, I suppose, kind of on and off, about 12 and a half, 13. Isn't that amazing? Was that fairly yeah. normal back then? It was, yeah. I'd say it was in the in the in the fifties. You would have just in the sixties. We're not in the sixties. Sixties. Okay. 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 So, yeah. where, where did you start working? Where was that? I started working in Thompson's, McCarthy Street. Isn't that amazing? There was a lot of people employed there at the time, wasn't there? There was. There was. There was about four hundred, five hundred. There went to. And were you on yeah. bread or cakes or what? I was on board. I was on bread and cake vans. Did you drive the vans then as well? I well, I started at fourteen. On the van as a helper. Yeah. And then when I came out in I was 16, I started driving the vans. So you were going from housing estate to housing estate back in the day when bread was delivered? Yeah, I was doing houses and then, like, they used to, they used to cover Kerry, Cork, Limerick, Tipperary and Waterford. That was back in the day when there was a lot of vans going around because you'd have had bread there vans was, yeah, going yeah, around, yeah. you'd have the milkman yeah. going around and all sorts of things like that. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you would... I, uh, take 1970 you know, just for a year there was 
over 40 bakeries in Cox City and County. Oh my God almighty. Was there that many in the 70s, yeah? There was, there was yeah, yeah. The early 70s, yeah. And the Thompson's van, okay, delivered the bread and you'd have the loaf and then, of course, the revolutionary sliced pan. Do you remember when that was introduced? Well, the sliced pan came out in, 18, in the 1930s. <laughs> yeah, in the 1930s, yeah. But didn't the Thompson's van also have cakes? Did it, yeah. 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 Like we see in the city, most of the van, you had the bread van and you had the cake van. There was the cake van did the business separate to the cake van after the bread van. But didn't but uh, the country, didn't, the, didn't the bread vans that go around housing estates though also have cakes? They did, yeah. 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 Would that they'd, have been have a, few, they'd have a handful of cakes. Yeah, would that have been a posher customer though, would it? They would, yeah. yeah. You'd always have a few cakes on the bread van and a lot of the bread vans. But we said there was vans in just especially for cakes around the city, but they're just under shops. Oh, unbelievable. Okay, I just want to finish the conversation. Can you hold on until after 10? Are you under pressure? No, no, guys, work away. Good work man, away. okay. Go play with your dinkies there. I talked to you about I'll 10 past 10. <laughs> Cheers for now. Good luck. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Like, seriously, the amount of giveaways I have today, and a lot of them are gig-related, which is great. It's great to be giving tickets away for gigs. Now, I've got the last set of tickets for James Blunt at the INEC this day week, so we'll be opening the phone lines for that a little later on if you're a James Blunt fan. I also have more pairs of tickets to give away for Riverdance, live at the Marquee. Now, the tickets I'm giving away today are for Sunday's gig, all right? So that's between now and midday today, some tickets, double tickets for Riverdance for Live at the Marquee. And Tommy Tiernan's back in Cork and will be for Live at the Marquee on the 26th of June. And we have some pairs of tickets to see Tommy Tiernan live. It's almost like the surprise for everybody listening. So that's um, the Sunday 26th of June gig. So we'll do that a little later on this morning. In fact, I'll play a little bit a little clip of Tommy Tiernan and when you hear it get on the phone 0818104106 and I'll do some uh, Free Food Friday shout outs for Roosters Piri Piri in a few minutes time so there's that and lots more besides and the big charity game at Turners Cross on Sunday afternoon I'll tell you some more about that I just want to finish my chat with with Michael in fact be interesting to see what other people collect you know I bet you that we get some great calls out of it what people collect and have been collecting all their lives Michael's got over a thousand dinkies in his collection so Michael we were chatting about the bakeries you said that when you were in the early 70s there was 40 in Cork is that right? About 40 and that's between Cork City you know, and the county I won't ask you to name them but um, there, some of the ones that jump out would be a, a lot of bakeries and, and uh, bread makers um, certainly bread vans on Shandon Street wasn't there? There was there was uh, Armin and the Hermes Dunleys yeah New Cuttons and you had Lawrence McCarthy then on Blarney Street that's right yeah um, New Healy's in Blackpool one of the big ones would have been, wasn't there Mother's Pride, wasn't there? Mother's Pride, yeah. That, that, that was the amalgamation of uh, Hotsford's, O'Shea's and Simcox's bakeries to create them. And did, did, Connie, did the Bishop Connie Lucy give out about that? He did, yeah, in 1959. He, he kicked up mad over it. Why? At the time. Uh, it was, I suppose an English bakery taken over. Oh, I see. <laughs> Ireland or something. <laughs> there was fierce trouble at the time anyway. About it, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It didn't. Wasn't Connie Lucy the man behind the Connie Dodger? Do you remember them? That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, big biscuit to get around Lent yeah, was another something. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah. 
We we were we got Donnelly's bread as a child. Right, right. And I, I remember the, the, the Thompson's van would come around, the Mother's Pride van would come around, and I remember it would be great fun. Mid-Hathby's van would come around. Yeah, but I don't know whether you as a bread man had this. We, we love to kind of get fistfuls of broken crumbs, you know, crusty bits right. from the back of the That's van. Right. At the back of the van, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be against hygiene and standards. No, I know, you yeah. don't do that no more. Well, no. we used to do that. Others used to hang off the I back of the van. No, what? No, what? Not at all. No, it was, it was the tastiest uh, thing you was, could that get. Was you, that was roughage. That <laughs> was roughage. Yeah, but that's in the end, bread for it. That time was roughage. So you went from uh, Thompson's to Johnson, Mooney and O'Brien, did you? Johnson, Mooney and O'Brien, yeah. You had a long hey, life. I, I fifty, just under fifty-two years at it. At, at Fraser Cakes. Yeah, you were telling the lads about Sir Henry's, which is now gone, of course. But for many years, it was That's right, yeah. Sir Henry's social mecca in Cork. Yeah, Sir Henry's was actually Henry O'Shea's bakery. That's where the that's where the nightclub is. Where where the bakery was. Go away. He was Lord Mayor Cork about nineteen oh two to nineteen fourteen or something. <laughs> Great story. That's where Sir Henry's got its name was from Henry O'Shea that's, the oh, baker. That, that, yeah, the baker. Yeah, go yeah. away. It's amazing. And I, they, 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 they were they were as big. They were big, just small, but they would be as big as Thompson's at the time. But you'd be the second bakery in Cork at the time. I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Karen Barry was telling me that his grandfather Dave Barry delivered bread around uh, Cork for over fifty years. He started with a horse and cart for Hosfords and then later delivered for Mother's Pride. He said they had the most yeah. beautiful jam tarts. So he can go back to his grandfather when it was yeah, but horse and cart. Yeah. My father, with one of his first jobs was he was a helper on the horse and, horse and cart with Tim Cox's bakery. That's going way and back. And if, if you go down Norman Street and if you look up, see people never look up above the ground floor of a shop. You yeah. should look up there, that's where the history is. You'll see the painted sign for the You'll bakers see up there. Side Cox, Simcox's Bakery, Grocery and Bakery. Ah, uh, they're beautiful. And you'll see the same with the hospital one. They're beautiful signs, aren't they? Beautiful yeah, painted. Yeah, and they're like, the last people don't look up. I don't know, people, I don't know, they don't miss anything until it's gone. I know, know, I know it, I know it. And so, you have happy memories then, and you reared a family throughout all of that. I, I did, yeah. yeah. And if you were to pick one, my son is my son is still in the uh, delivering cakes. Is he? He's he's delivering cakes for all million. Blackpool. Yeah, yeah. They make beautiful cake. Great chocolate slices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your favourite yeah. cake of all? Having been in the trade, all you know what? And all million brought it back over again was the Thompson's lemon bun. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Battenberg and, and it was a, a yeast it was only a, a yeast bun with a bit of white icing on the top of it right and that's your no, favourite it is it's just plain there's no cream or anything and it was a mighty cellar was it? it was no it wasn't the great cellar in the city but once you went outside the, outside the city they mounted them up, so it was unbelievable. Yeah, they were they were a country treat. So, what was the favorite one? What was the favorite one in the city? Then would it have been the Russian the log? Chocolate the chocolate slice the would be chocolate. the best. The would be a very good seller. The chocolate slice. What about the Battenberg? The Battenberg. Yeah, I, I, I used to go to a shop below in Canmel, and Mrs. Roach, and you bring in the Battenbergs, and she'd check on all. 
to see how clean the boxes were before she'd buy them. Go away. There Just might be a bit of chocolate stuck to the end of the box. She wouldn't the, the take it. Was coming in boxes. She wouldn't take them unless the boxes were smashed. Did you eat a lot of the cakes, though, I wonder, Michael? I did, and I did. I did all the sides of it. <laughs> did you eat a lot of them? <laughs> <laughs> you having diabetes or anything, but no? Went, no, 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 thank God. No, but <laughs> do you know something? Like, it's no good going to try to something if you haven't tried it yourself. <laughs> That's true, yeah, you have to be able to describe I, it. <laughs> I, I was a van helper with a driver in St. Thompson's Hall. Now, he's dead and very no not him, but he used to always say to T. Thompson, you should buy us, you should buy us all the examiner every morning. <laughs> so when we could go into the shop, we had a bit of news to tell the customers. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and what what about what about your favourite bread then? Would it be a loaf? Would it be a skull? Would it be do you eat sourdough? The skull loaf. The skull loaf. The skull. Yeah. Why? It was handmade, and I don't know. I need uh, slice pans. I don't know something about them. They're not. They're not the job at all. There's nothing not the like no. Nah, there's and nothing like cut, cutting a crusty pan. So there's not. Yeah, if you cut when you cut the bread, slice bread, it, it, half the goodness has gone out of it. In my opinion, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You I can't. Mean, the, the nearest thing now to to real bread at the moment, in my opinion. Is Lynch's outside McCroom. Oh, I must check them out. Where are they? I, uh, outside McCroom, just off the square table shop. I'd be out there now later on and I'd be buying my two brown loaves and my plain and my white loaf for the crust. And they bake them themselves? They bake them themselves. They're, the not, they're not sliced, they're just the old-fashioned loaf. Well, they're just sliced, but they're beautiful. They're thick-sliced. They're absolutely beautiful. And you know the good bread, would it be fair to say, Michael, that you need to eat it fast because it, it goes off, it, it, it goes stale no, quicker? No, no, no. no? A, a loaf of bread, two or three days old is grand. If it's the old, old bread. You, you can get a slice pan to the end in, in a week's time, it's the same. That's, that's the problem. The yeah. It's full of water. Yeah, that's the problem, you see. You go back to it a week or ten days later and it's still supposedly perfect, you know, soft and everything. I wonder uh, about mother's play, mother's play brought that old year back in the sixties. They put so much water into the into the shape that it was always springy. There was I thinking you'd be baking your own bread at home all the time, no? Uh, uh, my 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 wife bakes the bread already. I wouldn't <laughs> be able to bake it. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'd be able to send it out, but I wouldn't be able I know, to make it. I know, I know, I know. It's been great chatting with you. I, I think that I think that you guys are having a big. Uh, is there a big uh, sort of uh, get together or conference in Dinkies there coming is, up? Yeah. Well, it's well, an it's, expo, it's, is it? It's more it's more military than anything else. It's been on Camden Fort in August, but I'm not sure it is. But before you go, no, I want to I want to catch off you. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I put out the keynote to your your listenership is I'm looking for any photographs of all bread vans or anything to do with bakery trade in Cork City or County. I collecting pictures of bread vans. Yeah. Have you or checked the? To do. Yeah. Have you checked all the archives and everything? Neil, I I'm no good in the computer, right? I'm useless and all that sort of stuff. Me, I'd rather talk to someone. Okay, okay, because there would I mean, be a, there'd be a lot everything. online. There'd be a lot oh, online. There's a, load of, there's a load of on it, but 
I have the tool to do it. Okay, yes. so you need someone to help you to track down photographs of old photographs court bread vans. Yeah. Okay, yeah. a guarantee. City or county. Guarantee. What are you going to do with them? You just want to look at them. I, I tell you, no. I, I, as I was saying, I, we go around to do stores with the madness. And I have a couple of madness with bread vans. And it'd be nice to have the books there and people can go through the books. Because even at the moment, if you go to a show and someone comes to stand and they say, oh Jesus, my father had that kind of car. You're going to a story about it. I know. The yeah. person that we're going to the story. And some of us will come up and you might have been with a truck. Oh my father drove one of them and there's another story. They're sending me, they're showing me photographs here of, of Arctics, right? Yeah. These, are, these look like the real McCoy, but they're actually Arctics. But they're Cork Arctics, like Creedence Bulk Transport, like Hennessy yeah, yeah. Transport, Murphy Transport, Lucy Transport. Who That's makes right, Centra? Who makes those trucks? Murphy's Irish Stout. Murphy's in the Shannon. Murphy gets them done specially. It's amazing with the detail in them, isn't it? And I remember, yeah, oh, as a, I could talk to you all day, but I remember as a child that one or two of the bread vans were electric. Thompson's had seven or eight electric bread vans. Electric? Way back then? Electric, that was yeah. in the back yeah. end of the 60s. But, but, Oma Bakery's, Oma Bakery in Belfast had a hundred electric cars in 1837. <laughs> it took us so long to, cock, to cotton on to it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, Tom, I have a photograph there of a Thompson's van. 1914, 1881, running gas. Get away. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. We seem to with lose the, gas, the plot a lot. With the gas, the uh, bag up over the bed. Over you want more of those photographs, don't you, Michael? Anything at all. Any, any big random old days, Neil. Anything up to 1990. After that, they all look the same. Yeah, there's a nice bit of research for somebody listening who'd like to help you out there. Wouldn't it be great to get photographs of the vans from any uh, of the cork yeah. bakeries if there were 40 of them in the back end of the, of the early 70s? So, Listen, I'm sure somebody would be listening that will jump in and help you out with that one, all right? Neil, I'd be delighted if, I, if you can anyway. I know. Listen, it's a pleasure talking to you. It's just fantastic. Look, look after those dinkies. Be, be, you can go if you want, but I just want to bring Anthony in because did you ever hear of Haddon's Bakery, Michael? I did, yeah. Right. yeah. Anthony, your dad worked for Haddon's, did he? Yeah, he was the manager there. Right. And would you believe that man is so interesting. He just brought so many things back to my head from my childhood. And my father was going to work one morning at three o'clock dead start and he was walking past and the next thing he saw a load of smoke coming out of Sir Henry's and he rang the fire brigade and he saved Sir Henry's from burning down <laughs> somebody leave the but ovens then, on or something Anthony what did somebody leave the ovens on or something in Sir Henry's oh, I thought it was the bakery burnt on it was oh, it was when it was no, Sir Henry's, Sir Henry's. The oh the club okay yeah and that was fine. The ironic thing about it then, as time went by, a couple of years later, my father was cleaning out the machine and it's kind of like razor blades that slice up the pan oh, no. into a slice loaf. Oh, no. And he was cleaning the machine and the blades came down and chopped off. He lost all his fingers. Oh, my God. That's uh, terrible. On the top of his thumb. Oh, my God. Michael, would there have been a lot of accidents like that? Dave, I, I don't know. Neil, in all the time, I was in Thompson, I never heard of an accident here, but 
we say on machinery and thing, like that, but then again, we used to be out all day. Yeah, yeah. You know, you go away in the morning, you'd be, you'd be gone, gone home by the time you get back in the evening, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't know what was going on, to be honest with you. Oh you know, my God, Anthony, that's, ter- that's a terrible thing to happen. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, we had a great life, though, yeah. because, you know, the baker's dozen is 13. Yeah. So every day we'd get a slice pan. And there was a confectioneress then, and she used to make cakes and had them. <laughs> and oh my God, we had cakes, we had bread, we had uh, someone drying out as big as a house. Yeah, but the you, you get fed up with them, though, no, if you were having cakes every day. You'd be fed up with them to the back. Oh, team. no, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> okay. Give me an eclair, chocolate eclair any day, and <laughs> I'll devour it. <laughs> I, want, I, want a, I want a Mother's Pride. Do you remember Mother's Pride, Michael, right? Do you remember, do you remember the slogan? Mother's Pride and Father's Joy. Yeah, do you remember the slogan? Log one. Like Mother I, used to bake, it said. Like oh, Mother yeah, used yeah. to bake. The red I, and white wrapper. <laughs> Mother's pride and father's joy. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but that uh, man, uh, that gentleman, mo- he might... Mo- sorry, sorry for interrupting. Yeah. Mother's pride and the cakes in the, the Leaside confectionery. A lot of memories mm-hmm. this morning, a lot of memories. Haddon's, Haddon's, uh, oh, and the confectioneress, <laughs> oh, the cakes she used to produce were just absolutely amazing. And, you know, you talk about health and safety and stuff like that. My father would go down and his night was a Sunday night to light the ovens to get them ready. You know, they'd be lit at about maybe eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And health and safety, the whole, I'd say you couldn't count the cockroaches that were there. Climbing up the wall, but nobody died of food poisoning from the heat and had bread. <laughs> that was roughage. <laughs> that was roughage. <laughs> you can't beat a bit yeah. of roughage. <laughs> but you're, but you're, you go down, you go down to your island in the summertime that time, and you bring the sandwiches with you. Right. Sure, you were eating, you were eating half the strand, which, which, I should have you were eating sandwich the sandwich should have the finest thing was should they put nuts and bowls into the bread also it's the same thing go on yeah but the bread was absolutely fantastic back then okay. and uh, people will probably remember having sliced pans because they had a kind of a unique wrapper that were yellow and white well I tell you one thing I'm going to be checking I, out Lynch's and McCroom <laughs> I'm going to be checking yeah, out Lynch's and you know, McCroom because that's got the baker's yeah. endorsement this morning. Yeah, I tell you know, mm-hmm. I've tried all the bread and I, if I was up the country or anything, I'd bring bread home just to try it out. <laughs> and, 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 and the bakery's only 10 miles over the road from me. He collects bread and he collects dinkies. Go on, Michael, I'm going to move on here, but a pleasure all talking right, to you. Right. Cheers, boy. Nice you you too, well. Anthony. I'll be back to you if we have any updates on the baker vans, all right? I appreciate that. Nick. All right, pal, cheers. <laughs> Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. Talking of food, it's a free food Friday again today with Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. It'll be a great start to the bank holiday weekend for you. So what will you
you get? Well, the starters will involve chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers. Then the main event, chicken wraps, chicken pittas and beef burgers. Beautiful piri-piri sauce with all. We've also got the piri-salted fries, the rice and the waffle fries. You get the mayo and the garlic piri mayo as well. You can build your own dessert then. Build your own cheesecake with all of the different toppings. So this will feed at least 15 of you, perhaps even more. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104106. Some shout-outs in already. Morning to everybody at Do- uh, Loftus Demolition and Recycling in Dublin Hill. Working hard. Uh, everybody's listening at Impact Ireland Metals in Glanmire. Would love some roosters. All the lads in the warehouse and the sales office working hard all week. To O'Regan Tarmac, who are out in Carragrahan. To all of the gang at Kevin McAllen Building, working down in sunny Kinsale. Noreen's Hair Studio in, what- in, White- in White's Cross are listening. And they want to celebrate the latest addition to the clan, Little Baby Isabel, born to their top stylist, Lynn. So morning to all of you guys. To Topman Barbers in Ballancolig. To everybody working for Barry Sheehan, particularly Jason the painter. There's ten of us working away. He says he, Castle Point, Beaujard in Crosshaven. To everybody at the Irish Guide Dogs for the Blind out in Model Farm Road. To Zoo Cars, Little Island. To Elite Masonry. Castle Pharmacy in Castle Martyr. Feelings Pharmacy in Blackrock Hall. Gate Childcare, Little Island. Bridgewater Homes in Rathcormac. AP Vaughan Recycling in Tower. REA O'Donoghue Clark, the auctioneers on Cook Street. Blockwall Developments in Ballanglana. And just another few. Abbeville Vets working hard. Morning to Marguerite. To all of the Golden Years Care Services. Good morning to all of the staff there. Uh, who else have I got? People working for Let's Party in Duhallow. It's an interesting job. They're working hard all, just uh, working hard right across the long weekend, filling sweet orders and blowing up balloons. <laughs> Um, another one here for Kilsar Quarries and Oven. Arama, Ar- Ar- Arama Connect in Blackpool. Iris Oxygen working hard, especially Melody, Stacey, Anya and Aga. So I'll do some more shout-outs in about a half an hour's time. So do text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. So um, I was just talking about what people collect with Michael and his 1,000 dinkies. I wonder if there's anybody out there with other quirky collections like that. Get in touch. Email neil at redfm.ie. But he also worked 40 years in the bakery trade and started as a young boy of about 12. Talked about a lot of bakeries on Leeside and one of them he mentioned was Healy's Bakery. I'm joined by Brian Healy. Brian, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? I'm well. So you're fourth generation, are you? I'm actually sixth, Neil, to be honest. Sixth? And I've, I, yeah, and I've young fellas. I've young, I've, my sons are gone into it now. They're seventh and I heard the chap Haddon talking there. I was in Haddon's many a time. When I was a young, you know, I'm 50. Yeah, I haven't seen you in years, now. Brian. I hope you're keeping well. I'm, I'm still at it. I'm actually, as we speak now, Neil, on my way to the Long Valley <laughs> with playing Pan Loaf belongs to Jack Cutper. <laughs> Is, does Jack Cutpert put the bread in the, in, um, in the Long Valley? Oh, yeah, Jack, we're on our way to, uh, 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 to the Long Valley now. We're playing Pan Loaf. So the and secret behind the Long I, Valley sandwich is Jack Cutpert's bread. <laughs> Maybe, well, I presumed everybody knew that. I forgot. If I did, I'd forgotten it. That's brilliant. I think he has it on the menu, Padder, so I think he has it on it. So if you're sixth generation, who's first? Uh, Oh, going back to my grandfather, my grandfather's grandfather. It's actually actually kind of a funny story because my grandfather had uh, four brothers who were all bakers and they worked in O'Shea's and Simcox's and Kearns and Jago's. Go away. And when Mother's Pride came in and bought up these bakeries, they all kind of, some of them actually start, actually some of them ended up working in Mother's Pride. Uh, my grandfather, 
father was working in O'Shea's, which beca- which was Sir Henry O'Shea's or, or he- Sir Henry's nightclub afterwards. Yeah. But that was O'Shea's bakery. And um, Mother's Pride would have actually bought them out and the O'Shea brothers would have actually went working for um, Mother's Pride at the time. Mother's Pride were ranked slower. Yeah, they were a big conglomerate came that came down and hoovered up all a lot of Cork bakeries, I hear. Well, they did it kind of nationally. They had Kelly's and Kilcock and... Yeah, I know. Uh, and, and yeah, but are Healy's still baking bread? No, well... <laughs> I actually made my last loaf of bread in 2017, but we're still making cakes in Blackpool. As you probably know, we're the king of Chester cakes. So my <laughs> sister would be well famous for Chester cake, our wedding cakes. So she still makes them all the time in Blackpool. Donkey's Grudge, uh, we used I, to call it. <laughs> yeah, Donkey's Grudge. They're all in the Donkey's Grudge. So it's actually... Still a very big seller. I love but, um, it. I love it. It can be. It varies from place to place, doesn't it? It's hard to get it right. It's sometimes they're just not moist enough, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so that depends on. The, <clears throat> sorry, no. That depends on the weather, Neil. Does it? <laughs> well, that's an old baker's myth, <laughs> so we won't get into it. But, and um, how many loaves of bread then would say uh, the Long Valley take in a week? Oh, I couldn't tell you that now, Neil. I couldn't reveal that. That'd be that'd be a, a trade secret. <laughs> it's, got, it's got to be hundreds, though, doesn't it? <laughs> I, can't, I can't go into that. That wouldn't be fair. But um, I look, we service with, with people. We deliver. I'm going to say, no, we forgot to say service. But we deliver bread, Jack Cooper's bread, in Cork and County and Brennan's bread. So we actually do the slice pan and the skull. Oh man, I'd say everybody is just starving for a slice of fresh crusty bread right now. And, and, and the man the man you were on about there now he was looking for all memorabilia of all bread vans and I've loads of those pictures and all I had little models. I actually moved house, I don't know where they are now, but I have I have a lot of pictures on an archive of uh, I actually put stuff into the archives. Ah, uh, uh, Brian in, in, uh, in Blackpool. Will you would you ever yeah. would you mind if I gave your mobile number to Michael? No problem. Michael would know my father anyway. He would have known Michael. Ah, yeah. My father only passed away six weeks or ten, well, eight weeks ago now. Ah. So he was 88. I'd say he took he a lot old, of stories old, with him, old, did old he? School. Oh, he's right. Look, my whole life, uh, listening to the whole bakery trade and uh, everything to do with it. But I've been in most bakeries in the country myself, grown up with him. And as the other man said, no matter where you go, you'd always buy another man's bread. <laughs> to try it out you know because you were you were so used to your own bread but it would be like as he brought up Lynch's yeah. and McCroom I, I, I there's a lot of bread there Harrington's from Kenmare Cuthbert's is, is the best handmade bread in, well in my eyes I love Jack Cuthbert's bread mind you I got a text here saying Neil I'm in McCroom delivering I can bring you back some bread if you like I'll be back in the city about 2 o'clock somebody said to go to Lynch's bakery for a slice for a loaf of bread <laughs> Very good, very good. But there's another, there's another bread there. He's got a good bread there. Harrington's from Kinmare. Uh, Jerry Harrington does good handmade bread as well. And yeah, what's the secret good. like behind it? What's the secret for the well, perfect loaf? Look, uh, Jack Cuppers is very handmade and so has Harrington's and Lynch's. And then you've got the, the big plant workers like Brennan's, I suppose. And, and uh, the, I, we, we need both of them, to be honest, uh, because uh, you couldn't get out it's gone to the stage where you can't get people to make, it's very hard to get people to make bread anymore. And come here, you know with all that's going on in Russia with the Ukraine that's the breadbasket of the world like for grain, is there any shortages now? 
there'll be huge problems there now coming down the line. It's already kind of started because they're the biggest producers of sunflower oil, and um, which is a major problem issue even as we speak. And you have um, the shortage of flour. About 33% of the world's flour comes in from between Poland and Russia and the Ukraine there. So and you know something, they can't out. even harvest the crops there, I'm told. No, no, they've actually, so they've even blown up some of the mills there, the big mills there. And, like, don't get me wrong, no, but the price of flour has tripled since, uh, I'm going to say, since last September. So, uh, and everything is diesel has gone up, as you can see. But the price of bread hasn't tripled accordingly, has it, Brian, though? No, we're we're actually behind. We're actually behind. Don't get me wrong, no, but um, we're behind on the... I'm going to say on the increases, we can't get them fast enough and we can't get high enough increases to actually sustain our profitability, to be honest. I know, and it is a staple, like bread. Give us our daily bread, as the fellow says, isn't it true? It's a crisis, to be honest with us. At the moment, we're we're trying to catch up, but every time we try to catch up, there's another increase. Packaging has gone through the roof. I know, yeah. The gas went up there, yeah. Gas is actually a huge problem for us the price of gas and electricity, but particularly gas. I mean, the price of gas in the last 18 months has just gone absolute. And most of the lads, like the likes of Jack Copper and Brennan's and these people, they all run on gas. Most of them are on gas. I know, so, I know, I know. a huge problem. Listen, I'm so, going to uh, let you get on there because the Long yeah. Valley will be freaking for their bread. They'll be giving <laughs> out to me holding up the bread <laughs> and holding up the sandwiches. You'll get, you'll get no sandwiches at all. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, on right, Brian. Thanks, Neil. All Cheers, the best. Neil, Brian Healy. Text 0868104106 with your own stories to share. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Just a word for people down in Kinsale, uh, particularly the businesses down there and the local council down there. You really need to get your house in order. I saw an ad or it need a comment up on the Kinsale notice board that said, my wife and I had a lovely walkabout in Kinsale on Monday went for a coffee in the Lemon Leaf. That's a fabulous cafe and restaurant. The Lemon Leaf, beautiful place. There were a lot of tourists around. We had to use the public toilets by the car park by Dino's. It was absolutely disgusting. Filthy, filthy, dirty water leaking. It was like something from the 1960s. Tourists would be using this so-called toilet pit and they were not impressed. For a huge tourist town who depend on tourists who spend a lot of money, this public toilet's a disgrace. Even if the council won't bother to sort this out, maybe the local business community should come together and put a few euro into it themselves. Thank you for that. It shouldn't be that way. I was going to make, you know, you could look at the funny side of it and say at least they have a public toilet. In the second city in the country of Ireland, we don't have any public toilet in the city. But at the same time, nothing worse than a disgusting one. So why is it? I mean, if they just turned a blind eye to it, surely be to God they're aware of it. They need to sort it out and get it fixed. Lots on the cost of living, incidentally. Talking about price rises, so I was there with Brian Healy. I was somewhat shocked at the prices in charity shops even recently. Their prices have risen. I've seen ordinary jumpers priced 14 euro and a new jumper in pennies, 13 euro. I'm wondering why the prices in charity shops have gone up so much recently. Inflation won't affect the government with their big salaries, Neil, and the all-expenses-paid trips that they take all on the hard-working people's tax. It's not just fuel that's gone up, cigarettes, beer, food. We are now the dearest European Union country and the smallest. Nothing's been done um, over the years for... Actually, this is interesting with regards to the prices of petrol that are coming in. Uh, people saying unleaded now in Circle K, 212 
um, a liter for the super duper stuff. I'd say people stay away from the super duper stuff because it's just too expensive. Say it's better. I don't know whether you get better efficiency or whatever. And then there's lots more then with regards to airport security and the issues with airport and lots on scams, which I will come back to throughout the course of the morning, hopefully. Lots of giveaways as well. So I have an awful lot to do, but I want to talk to Anna. Anna, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm well. Um, do you mind me asking, are you a pensioner, Anna? No, no, no. Okay. I'm way off that, yeah. Okay, yeah. fair play. I just wanted to know, uh, because I know that you, you applied uh, for a four-week trial for a hearing aid. Is that right? It was, a, was it something you saw online? Yeah, yeah, okay. I saw it online there about three weeks ago. Yeah. What did the ad say? Neil, I can't remember. But did it say, what did it say? Just uh, book an appointment you know, for a four-week Yeah, trial. book an appointment, sign up, and I gave my email address and um, <clears throat> my telephone number. And within minutes, I had a phone call, but I couldn't take the call. I couldn't even take the call for about two days, but I was bombarded with um, uh, phone calls. It was a Dublin number, so they'd left messages to say who they were. So eventually, a couple of days later, I, uh, I answered the call, and we had a bit of a discussion, and they made an appointment for me for last week. Um, that the guy will come to my home, which I thought was a bit peculiar, but I thought, okay, that's okay, you know. Um, but even in that time, they were still ringing me, and I didn't understand why, you know. So I did ask them, I reiterated, is this for a hearing aid trial? And they were, oh, yeah, 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 of course it is. So before the appointment, a few days before the appointment, they rang me to say that um, my appointment was for one thirty. So they rang to say, that could they push the appointment out to maybe 4 p.m.? I said, look, I'm out at the, at the moment. I need to go home and check my diary, but I'll be home in 30 minutes. Yeah. She said, fine. But within seconds, she rang me back to say, look, I just spoke to him and he said, we'll stick with the 130, mm. which I thought, that's a bit strange, you know? Mm. So, um, and at that point, I was going to cancel because I had a feeling that something wasn't right. So I thought I'd give it the benefit of the doubt. Well, why did you feel that? Back. Because you said there's way too much effort going into a free yes. hearing aid trial. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was the day before they rang me again to say, look, he's not going to be able to make it until maybe 2, 2.30. And at that point, I thought, look, Grant, that's fine. Look, I'll, I'll wait for him. So I was at home. I had a friend here who I asked to stay with me, but she had an, uh, another appointment. But I was out at the car, her car on the, on the road, um, helping her in with stuff and I looked down my drive and there was a guy at the door and I could only see him from behind and I remember saying to my friend I don't like the look of him please stay with me um, and she was laughing I said I don't like the look of him so I approached him on my drive and he said you know he's full of the joys of life you know he was an English chap not that there's anything wrong with that but full of the joys of life um, and instantly I didn't feel he was a professional he didn't, I just had that feeling. Mm. So but I but said, then again, it just to be fair to him, that was only a feeling you have. You have no, nothing That's to back feeling, that up. Of course. He, he could and have every credential in the world. but Of course. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I'm very much aware that I was judging him yeah. and I don't like to do that even. I okay. really don't. So um, I, I went to my friend. He said, I'll go to the car and get my equipment. So in we came um, and, and it just wasn't sitting with me. So my friend came in with me. <clears throat> excuse me. So anyway, long story short, she had to leave and I begged her not to, but she had to because she had another appointment. So we sat there, he took out, you know, he asked me for my hearing history, which I, I do have a little bit of damage, it's background noise, I know I have that. But I thought, look, members of my family had done the, the trial with the hearing aids, the hidden hearing aids, and I thought, look, sure, I've nothing to lose and everything to gain. Um, so we sat down and again, he was continuously 
talking to me, uh, jolly talking. And look, Neil, I lived in England for years and I know a scammer, right? If, if you like. I, that's not me judging the English at all by any means. I know scammers here too. You know, you just know when someone is trying to scam you. So um, he took out a machine that seemed ancient. I could be wrong, but anytime I've had a hearing test, it was always done through a computer and kind of new equipment. Again, that's me judging, but it, was, it looked real old. He took that out. He put the headphones on me and he proceeded to do whatever he was doing with the buttons and that. But he also had a piece of paper in his hand, like a printout of joined the dots, you know, where he was putting my hearing. Yeah. He's joining the dots with my hearing. And I'm looking around me thinking, okay, if this guy attacks me, how, what am I going to pick ah, up? Jess. You know, really <laughs> I know it that? came to that point. I did. It, it came to that point. He just didn't. But he didn't do it. He him. didn't. He didn't do anything in, in the wide earthly world to, to. No, no. For you to. No, you I just... wasn't. I didn't feel like he was a creep or anything. I didn't. But I thought, here I am in my home on my own yeah. with a man. And I'm like, how did I get to this point? You, I, swear, you, I mean, I mean I, you, you made an appointment. I, I understand. Oh, look, that's uh-huh. the way you felt. I just want to be fair to, to, to the people yes, that you're talking about. I'm not going to name them because uh, I want to give no. them an opportunity to respond. But uh, the, the upshot was he did. He, he, he tried the hearing aid in his ear and then put it into your ear. <clears throat> so we finished the, the test with the, still with the earphones on my head. And he's talking to me with the, through the machine. And he's asking me, can you hear the difference? And I said, I can, which I could. He switched off the machine. He says, can you hear the difference now? And I felt like saying to him, well, I, it is dulling because I have the, the, micro, the, the headphones on me. So anyway, um, he, went, he went on and he was criticizing how much hidden hearing is costing people. And I thought to myself, well, you pay for, what, you know, you pay for quality. But um, he went to um, a drawer in this case thing he had. He pulled out a hearing aid, put it into his ear. I'd seen them before. They were hidden. And he handed it to me. I don't know why he did that. And I'm, I have it in my hand and I'm, uh, I mean, anyway. No, you so, don't. You don't want to do that. No, no of no, course not. No. I didn't even want to hold it. No. You know, he didn't clean it or anything. He just handed it to me. So he was asking me and he sat back and he says, so Anna, tell me, what do you think? I didn't even know what he was asking me. What do I think of what? You know, and I'm trying to come up with scenarios in my head and I'm like, well, yeah, I definitely need hearing. I do want it, I said, because, you know, if you go the longer you go without hearing it, you, the more damage you can be doing to your hearing. I know that. So I said, yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely want them. And, you know, going forward, this is, this is what I want for going forward. Um, but I didn't seem to be answering his question. So he gave me a price of what he was charging, which was a thousand euro. And I was like, wow, that's, that's a great price. And he was saying, is that you know, a good price? Yeah. I go, I don't know. It was a red flag for me. Because he was saying to me, the highest we go is 1,500, the lowest is 1,000. You only need 1,000 because you don't need, need all the jargon that these other companies are selling you. And look, I, I, that's a red flag when you're knocking other companies anyway, you know. So long story short, I said, said to him, he kept asking me, what do you think? What do you think? And I knew what he was getting at. And I said, listen, I'm not in a financial position right now to hand you any money. And with that, his whole demeanour changed. But where was the four-week free trial? You, I, exactly, exactly. That never manifested, so, that, ne- that never came up, no? But I never even had a hearing aid in my ear to see even if I wanted a trial. Okay. You know, he didn't have any with him. So, um, But he but was, I, was looking for a thousand euro there and then, is it? I just felt he was looking for some, some money. So his whole demeanour changed. Um, it would change because he would say that you've been were wasting his time. But I'm just curious as to where the trial went. How would that have worked? Would you <coughs> expect to get them for free for four weeks and then if you like them, pay for them? There was no mention. Exactly. No mention of that. There was and no mention. That was the so ad. He had told me, 
Yes. And he had told me in between the conversations that, um, you know, you're young. I'm in my 50s. And he was saying, you're very young now. He says, I normally deal with people in their 80s, uh, 80, 85. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, you know, this person sitting with an older person who wouldn't have the confidence to to be assertive with them. May well pay over the 1,000 there and then. Exactly. exactly. And he did put the hearing aid in his ear and then encouraged you to put it into yours. He just handed it to me. He didn't encourage me. He didn't say anything. He just handed it to me, although he was saying, what do you think? But, I mean, there was no way I was putting that into my okay. ear. Okay, yeah. So, so the thing is, I stuck with my guns, and, and I would be assertive. And I kept saying to him, I'm not in a position right now to, to give you any money. But he was rolling his eyes to the, to the ceiling, and he was like, you do realize you do need them. And I'm like, well, yeah, I do, I says, but not right now. And, I mean, I can't understand why you don't want to go with it. So he was trying to, you know, if I was vulnerable... I could have, I would have listened to him. My guess is I could have listened to him. So um, he knew he wasn't getting anywhere and he wasn't a bit pleased and I was uncomfortable um, and I just kind of changed the subject and I said, listen, are you busy today? You know, have you a lot of calls? Well, he says, I came straight from Dublin, straight to Bandon and I've come from Bandon up to you mm. and I'm now going back down there to pick up 500 euro from a client who signed up with me. So, um, But do you know if other clients were making these appointments on the basis of a four-week trial for a hearing aid? Of course. Because for me, that's misleading. That's misleading. Was there was misleading. no trial and he's in the house and he's saying, will yes. you pay me a thousand euro for these hearing aids? Am I, am, I, am I mishearing anything there? Forgive the pun. No. Okay. No. Okay. No. And so on well, that basis... See, I on, rang. And then he I left. rang the office. He left, yeah. He left reluctantly. Um, he was quite annoyed when he was leaving, you know. Um, so I felt violated. Um, I rang my sister and she was saying to me, you know, she had her hearing done 10 years ago at home and, they, and the company she went with were adamant you had to have someone in the home with you, you know, while that was going on, which of course that is the norm, isn't it? Let me find um, out because we put a, a call into uh, here on Leaside. Francis Lennox, the audiologist, has his own company, joins me by phone. Francis, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How what, are you? What do you make of that story? Is that standard protocol? Well, it is absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, the protocol for home visits, Neil, is that um, uh, the professional has to have a clinic, first of all, that the person is offered to come. If they can't attend the clinic for medical reasons, whether it be, you know, they, they're disabled or whatever, then the family or their GP can re- request the, the home visit. Now, we then, it's all organised, proper timing, and obviously people to be there with them. The test is done. If they have a problem, we will give them a solution and let them decide themselves. If it's a referral, meaning there's something wrong in the middle ear, we will refer to an ENT specialist. So the, the, the Will law, you at any time um, try to complete the transaction there and then and, no, 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 and no, get no, money? I, not at all. No, no, no. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay. We're there to do to test the hearing, give them the advice. Now, they, 90% of home business that we do are all referrals, so they know who we are. So, so after the home happen. visit and everything, what, what should happen next? <clears throat> <clears throat> well, if they decide there that they want to, they want to be helped, and that's fine. We can do the, the we'll um, arrange the, the perfect fit for them, and then we'll come back and fit it, and we'll arrange the grant and everything for them. There's, a, there's a PRSI the, grant, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. In most cases, yes. And so they we'll pay you that. the balance then uh, sometime they later. Pay the balance. Okay. Yeah, usually unfitting, but there's always a family member there. There's never pressure. I mean, it just does, it's not. It wouldn't be acceptable. We're all members of Aisha. And that's our governing body. And 
that wouldn't be tolerated. And are you aware that, of online advertising offering a four-week trial uh, for a hearing well, aid? I, I, I've seen people offering, but they're reputable companies. You, you can see they're transparent. I've never heard of this these people, and that's all I can say about them. But, yeah, um, you yeah. know, no, I just most, be concerned people. that people are, you know, answering that, that offer oh, and there's no yes, offer transpires. Exactly, and they're, they're being roped in by unprofessional people and again, I, I don't know if they're registered or not. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem to be, but um, yeah. you've I've got to be registered and, and, and um, a member of Aisha and you work to the rules. But we do that anyway. We wouldn't do anything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can tell that, that, uh, that Anna is quite upset about the whole uh, event. Absolutely. I, I'm, I wouldn't blame her. And, and vulnerable then when she's on her own. No, that's not right. We don't do that. Yeah. You know, well, and, we, uh, we have already been in touch with Aisha to see if they're registered mm-hmm. with them. We've also contacted the company in question just to work out how they, yeah, you know, how sure, they, how sure. they operate. And uh, I'm awaiting a response to both. So hopefully right, uh, okay. we will get so an update. I didn't, but see them. I didn't see them on the Aisha website anyway. So. Okay. And on, on their website, they had no credentials, which you do. You always put that up. Yeah. yeah. Neil, can I just say as well that I did ring them back. I rang, I rang the office back about 10 past four um, mm-hmm. to explain to her that I just I said I'm actually quite confused. I said I had a guy come out, I explained who I was, and she says, oh, the secretary's finished since four, she says, so I can't pull up your file. I said, I booked a four-week hearing trial. I said, but the guy gave me a hearing test. Oh, um, oh, and she was kind of flustered on the phone. She said, it was this guy or that guy? I said, it was this guy. Well, maybe there was a conf- was confusion. I said, actually, I'm confused. I said, did I sign up to you, I said, for the trial, or did I sign up to a company and they passed my information on to you? Now, I said, what really confuses me, I said, is this guy was expecting money from me, I said, and that's not what I said. No, you, it was a free, a free four-week <laughs> trial. One would yeah. think, Francis, that in a free week, four-week trial, you would trial yeah. them for the four weeks, then would get another yeah. visit and you might decide to purchase. So would they that decide be decide themselves, yeah. That's, yeah. 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 Okay. You know, there's, there's no pressure of any sort, me. None at all. Nor should there be. No. Okay. No, okay. nor should okay. there be. Yes. Okay. I would say just to be for anyone, you know, inviting people to their home, research not to, not only yeah. from hearing point of view, but anything at all. Make sure you know who you're letting into your home. Without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Listen, um, I'm going to wait and see if I get a response and what that response will be, and we'll revisit the story. I just wanted people to be aware if they're answering ads like sure. that to be very wary that it doesn't. It's not as straightforward as it might appear. You know? No. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Francis Lennox and Anna. I'll be back to you. If I get an update from them, we'll return. Okay. Thanks. Cheers for now. Text 0868104106. Just be wary. Just be aware. That's all. Just so you're on your guard. I mean, you may decide to uh, continue anyway, but uh, I just want you to know that it isn't necessarily a four-week trial. Uh, and be careful of the adverts that you click and answer. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Okay, our phone lines are open I need to start clearing some of our competitions otherwise time will get away from me There's a big match on this Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock at Turner's Cross There's a big fundraiser for Marymount and we will have Manchester United ex-players on Leeside playing a Cork City selection Now all of the proceeds go uh, to Marymount You can still buy tickets They're €15 for adults and €5 for juveniles 
and they're available at Eventbrite. But I have five sets of tickets to give away right now. Only call if you can go. Four o'clock Sunday afternoon. It'll be a great family day out out in Turners Cross. So get dialing now. We'll take callers 9, 10, 11, 12 uh, until they're gone. So get dialing for that on 0818-104-106. And also, in the next 10 or 15 minutes' time, some Tommy Tiernan tickets and James Blunt. But let's just do the fundraiser at Turners Cross first and come back then with more giveaways in a few minutes' time. But it's a free food Friday, of course, and your opportunity to scoop um, food for 15 of you. I'll do some more shout-outs on that in a few minutes' time. So keep those uh, shout-outs coming. Text who you are and where you are to 0868-104-106. Maria, good morning. Morning, Neil. Okay, so what are we talking about? Last Saturday, is it? Yeah, last Saturday. Um, my son was in town with his friends. They usually go into town on a Saturday, as, as you do. Jamie's nearly um, 16. Yeah, he goes so in with his, he with his mates, does he? he? He goes into town on a Saturday with his friends. Yeah. yeah. Usually, you know, like 16-year-olds do so. Yeah, absolutely. I was on a 12-hour shift at work anyway, so I warned the child, make sure you eat before you come home because I am not cooking at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> so that was fine anyway so the boys were getting ready to go away it was about 8 o'clock and my child for once actually remembered to go and get something to eat so he split up, split up from the boys and he went over to John Grace's on his own and went in ordered his food the girl brought his food out and went to pay with his Revolut but didn't his Revolut card freeze me yeah so my child was standing there now. The girl had the food, the food in front of him and his, his card wasn't working. What do you have, a so snack Jamie, box, a dinner box? I'm he curious. He got um, a burger meal. It was like eight euro or All something right. like okay. that. I love but like Jamie is, it's very easy to embarrass Jamie. So like he froze and he just said to the girl, oh, it's okay. I, it's okay. You can keep it. Um, I'll come back the next day. I know. But I know. Poor young this fella. man behind him came up and after hearing it and he paid for Jamie's food and Jamie was even more scarlet like he just kept saying you know you don't have to do that and, and the man said to Jamie it's nice to be nice and Jay went off with his food he was on the bus he was sending me voice messages he was like mom you're never going to guess but you know I was blown away by it because if if people see teenagers in town they automatically think they're up to no good like somebody might have thought that Jamie was pulling a fast one in John Grace's and just wanted free food, which wasn't the case. So that's why I was so delighted that you that said man you had a talk in your heart from his side. kindness. I, 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 I'm telling you now, Neil, when Jamie was sending me the voice messages, I was at work and I was full blown having a whinge because I was so happy that he helped my child. But I was so blown, blown away by the fact that he didn't look at Jamie as... as just a teenager that was trying to pull a fast one inside yeah, his own races. Yeah, or Do you know a fellow I mean? around town acting like, the maggot not at all. Yeah. Because an awful lot of people all the time when Jay comes home from town, he, he'd be saying, you know, adults will give him dirty looks because there might be a group of five or six or seven of them, but they they just go into town, they, they hang around, they get their food and they go home. They, there's no... All of the above they're, they're entitled yeah, to do. Yeah, they're not doing yeah. anything. But unfortunately, there's a bit of a rep out there, there for the others a, who act the maggot. Stigma around teenagers, and that's why he was so delighted that, that man looked beyond that, and he saw a young fella that was absolutely ashamed of his life. I know, he'd be mortified. Like, teenagers would be mortified. They just get. Oh my god! You know, like, but I, you know I'm that age, away. You know? I'd love to find that man. Like, I'd love to, to, you know, to just say, come here, thanks very much. Like, that was such, like, 
it might have been only a fifty to him, but it was huge for me. And for poor old Jamie was going to leave the food behind and just oh, walk. Oh Jesus, and wa- Jamie was going to do a run early Martif- and never Martif- go back Martif- into John Grace's <laughs> ever again. <laughs> it would be great to find that guy <laughs> just to say thank you. Oh, wouldn't it? I love it. Like I just, I just think there's so much doom and gloom at the moment. Like with, I know, That's with, just with, a great with story. petrol prices and rent, and everybody's listening to just down in the dump stories. And I just thought that this was just a really, really lovely story of. Cork people helping Cork people, be it teenagers and older people, are yes, indeed, it's, just, it's, it's Cork just at a its great best. reflection of 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 Cork people, and that's what we do. We help each other. You've you know? got it right. It's a great opportunity yeah. to to say thank you to that man by coming on and here I do and sharing really stories like this. It yeah. And I hope and like that he hears it and and as his mother. Like, thanks so much for helping my baby because he is still my baby, you know? <laughs> he's still my baby. He's turning 16 on Monday and I am traumatised. He got a good life 16. lesson. He got a good life lesson, didn't he? Oh, well, that's what I said to him. I said to him, I said, what that man said to you was priceless. And, like, Jay, Jay would be a very kind of caring yeah. person anyway, but, yeah. like... That that was a great that was a great example. Well, you know for something. Jamie, if your you know? son is a caring person, then he got good karma going his way by that man yeah, doing that for I him. I think so, and I, and think I believe that, in like, that. You know, yeah, yeah, I do too. I do too. Why does he? Why does he turning sixteen upset you? Oh my god! Because number one, it means that I'm the oldest person ever, and number two, like <laughs> where did those years go? Like every year that he gets older, I feel like I'm aging about ten years. Do you know? Uh, yeah. It's you, like, it's, and, and it feels like yesterday that he was just a little baby, and I know he's looking it. at a, Tell me about a it. teenager. Yeah. He's, he's nearly taller than me. His voice is very deep as well. <laughs> and like, you're just going, where the hell is my little baby gone? <laughs> but Neil, do you, know what, do you know what, actually? I must tell you, Jamie's date of birth is 666. I had him on the 6th of the 6th or 6th. So he's actually the devil's child. <laughs> Have you told him that? Oh, yeah, I've told him that. But when I, when Imagine I had if he was born again, on the 6th of the 6th, 66. <laughs> when I had Jamie, it was so funny because... What's his middle we name? Just, Is it Damien? Jamie, Damien? Uh, it's Lucifer. It's Jamie Lucifer. <laughs> when, we, when I had Jamie, um, they were doing the transition from... <laughs> Finbars to COMH so there was very little women left in Finbars yeah. because they were all transitioning into um, COMH and I was in a recovery ward with Jamie on my own um, just right just after I had him and this construction worker came in and I was like why is there construction workers rocking around the place like so he walked past me and he felt awkward and I was just holding Jamie and he goes it's the 666 he goes does he breathe fire when you try to bring up his wind? Your aunt he was hilarious. I was just coming down off off six-hour six, six. Six traumatic fucking labour. You, and you, your man goes, you, like, is he breathing fire? I was there, you're lucky I can't get out of this bed by. But it was actually you. hilarious. You, like. need to, you need to check Jamie's scalp to see yeah. if there's... Oh, I did all the checks. I did all the checks. Like, six, he, six, he was six. colic for the first year of his life, life and I was there. This seems possessed. I was there, he is possessed, like I'm going to have to ring a priest. If he was mortified, listen, just before I let you go, if he was mortified in John Grace's, he's scarlet now. Oh, he's scarlet.
I'll let you go. I ain't face the music. Let's see if that chap is listening. He might get in touch with me, all right? Thanks very much, Neil. Good luck. Bye-bye. <laughs> Have a great bank holiday weekend, you and Jamie too. Okay, those tickets are gone now, lads, for the match on Sunday afternoon. Best of luck to everybody involved. You can still buy them directly at Eventbrite. Going to give away a double pass now for James Blunt. Get dialing now, 0818 Plays the Glen Eagles this day week, and you can book tickets directly at the INEC.ie. So a set of tickets for James Blunt. Get dialing now, 0818 Talk to Neil Prenderville now, 0818 Cork's Red FM. Spontaneous acts of human kindness. I love those stories. Text them if you have them, 0868 Free Food Friday shout-outs. Now, Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park will feed at least 15 of you. I mean, the starters alone are just a banquet, never mind the main events. So chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers, chicken wraps, chicken pitters, beef burgers, all of the fries, all of the Piri Piri sauces, the Piri salted fries, the rice, the waffle fries, and you can build your own cheesecake with lots of different toppings, all right? So some more shout-outs for everybody working at the Puffin Ward at the CUH. Morning to Mary and everybody out there. Uh, We'd love to start the weekend celebration early as it's our colleague Catherine's Hen Weekend. Everybody at Arama Connect in Blackpool Retail Park. EBO Home Rescue at the Marina are listening. TELUS, Stripe and Snapchat working from home in Glanmire, all of their staff. PPL Biomechanics are listening. Excited that the long weekend and beckons. Everybody at the rehab unit in St. Finbar's Hospital. Morning to Sarah. The clothes horse in Castle Martyr and Carrick Tool. Hi Sophie, Bernie, Fionn and Kira, And Louise, always listening. O'Donovan's Pharmacy and Balafihan are on board this morning. BCE Consulting Engineers in the Marina. Altonan International Moving and Storage. They're listening all of the time as our cross-refrigeration. The Weight Wellbeing Clinic in Mallow, which share it with their clients and friends. PPL Biomechanics on the Tremor Road. Roadstone Dispatch. Easy Living Interior in Little Island to celebrate our manager going on holidays. <laughs> He's gone, lads, for two weeks. Make the most of it. Ladbrokes working the long weekend. The gutter guy in Blarney working hard to get houses sparkly for the sunny summer days ahead. Everybody listening at Cullen View Interiors. Just a few more. Denny's Cross Pharmacy. Uh, all of the staff at UCC, particularly Maura, Kira and Debs. The book station in Douglas were in touch. They won recently. They just wanted a shout-out. They say, we miss our shout-out texts. Best of luck to everyone from the book station in Douglas. Porters in the South Infirmary who are working hard. Celtic Interiors in Douglas. Uh, Kiri's Renault and Boots on Half Moon Street. Now, I will do one more blast of shout-outs between now and midday today. So text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106 and we'll plough through some more giveaways between now and quitting time. I promise you that. Now... Um, I just want to chat to Una O'Driscoll, if you don't mind, because she's a great old story to tell down Bantry Way. Una, good morning. Morning, Neil. Now, your partner, Joe, was on the air with me some weeks ago, yeah? That's right. Can't even remember. What was I talking to him about? Um, he was discussing the mental health issue with you. That's right. Okay. And how, yeah. he, was, how he was improving life and going from strength to strength. Yeah. And he yeah. was very yeah. open and honest about his chat and where he found himself in. But That's he was correct. singing your praises big time. And he said, you need to get Una on the air for a chat. But I did talk to you some years back, didn't I? You talked to me about five months ago. Was that all? When I... When I was on to you about um, the show band. That's what I thought it was um, about five years ago. Touch you, yeah. you how quickly time is flying for me. Yeah, but, yeah, but anyway, yeah. you are you still in the anchor bar or are you retired? Oh, out of- God, no, no, Neil. I'm gone out of there now. I was there the best part of 20 years. 
God Almighty. What a beautiful yeah. pub. It's a gorgeous little pub. I was in there once. Oh, that's correct. Yeah. It's um, a pub that um, you'd find anything, see anything. Yeah. yeah. Anything went there. And, um, oh, it was great. It was, I was there when the good times were there. Um, I was actually talking to a colleague of mine yesterday in town and we were discussing it um, about when we were there and when you the say the good times what are you talking about when the bar was busy all day every day is it yeah 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 but that well I mean why would that have been why did it change daytime drinking because, just backed off or what oh god no it was just a meeting point for everybody and in the summertime it was just crazy and they're like it you know there was maybe a minimum of six staff working inside the counter and um, full on you know Oh, yeah, yeah, full on, yeah. Any and, food then? Oh, yeah, Bill used to smoke um, mackerel out the back. He had a smoking room. Get away. And um, he used to smoke the mackerel and um, serve it up then in the evenings um, to the customers there. And he was a character, like uh, Neil, and he's, it's just sad now to just see it, you know, it's, um, with the way things are going Quiet, over the past yeah, certainly years, rural yeah. pubs have got a battering, haven't yeah. they? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And yeah, I suppose yeah, if you looked um, at the Anchor Bar in Bantry for all of those years, there would have been a lot of market days and fair days. There's still a market in, in Bantry, isn't there, on the weekends, I think. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you imagine how busy but, it would have been with all of the cattle and the horses and the traders and the dealers? Well, there was no cattle and horses there. There was goats. <laughs> because um, I, can, I can tell you I've seen... I was um, actually talking to Kevin um, about it there. I was um, telling him uh, a very funny story about one Christmas that um, that we were there. Um, there was all the uh, Irish then when they were in Boston when they used to come home. <laughs> there was no such thing as going home, like into the anchor luggage. <laughs> Everything was thrown in behind the doors. And, they wouldn't even go home but, first. <laughs> oh, God, no, no. But... Um, I remember I remember one Christmas um, there was a couple of lads after coming home and Bill was inside in the bar that night and Christmas being Christmas everybody was merry and happy and <laughs> so uh, he was trying to clear out the bar and one of them came in and he said Bill, Bill um, there's a friend of ours after coming home from Boston can you just give him one drink and he'll go home and he said okay one drink and one drink only <laughs> And he decided to go out and bring in the statue of Joseph out of the crib and put him up in the counter. <laughs> and then he travelled a long way. <laughs> and he said, uh, "Oh, he said, well, you're at it." He said, "Give Mary a gin and tonic and give the donkey a dish of water." <laughs> Bill, I told that story to so many people. But isn't Bill Bill's Brian from the High Bees brother, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Same yeah. kind of personality, I wonder. Oh, oh, mad, pure mad. <laughs> Were you yeah, ever up in the and, high B yeah. when Brian was behind I the counter? I was. I was. <laughs> I suppose yes, if you was, if you worked for his brother, you probably got free drink. I did, yeah, because um, <laughs> he came down one he came down one day to Bantry for a weekend, and he was in the bar, and Brian used to have an awful habit of eavesdropping, <laughs> and he he overheard me saying to Michael, which would be his nephew, uh, he said, "I'm." Um, Oh, I heard that you were up in the city yesterday. And I said, oh, that's right. I said, um, I'm sorry now. I said, but I said, I just ran out of a bit of cash. And I said, I had to go into your bar and borrow some money off your staff. 
<laughs> you didn't um, say that to Brian, did you? I did. He overheard you saying it. And no, I said it to Brian <laughs> because I knew what kind of a character he was. How did he react? And he nearly went demented. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> and he goes, how dare you? He said, go into my pub, he said, and borrow money. He said, from my staff. And I was thinking, oh my God. Whoever this staff is now, she's going to be You're sacked. going to be murdered. It's, I mean, the, you, you do know the story of the character who put coal on the fire inside in the high B. And Brian saw him from behind the bar putting coal on the fire. Right. And he walked out from behind the bar, walked down to your man, picked up your man's pint and drank it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, says, you, he says, you use my coal, I'll drink your stout. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But, oh, uh, man, no, he was a I, character. But I have many, many stories, Neil, even people even have said it to me, I could literally write a book about what went on in there. And it's, you know, it's it's just sad now, I said it, you know, to just see it. It's, uh, but, Quiet, uh, is it quieter now, yeah? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and I'd say, you know, there's a huge difference in many rural pubs, because some a lot yes, of it, it's the, yes. the, you know, the clientele, certainly during the day, they, they just died off, didn't they? Oh, God, yes, 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 yeah. on a Friday. Like on a Friday, I can I can still remember on a Friday, it would start getting busy in there at about three o'clock, and that would go right on into the night. And yeah, yeah, yeah. People's, just, people's habits changed mad. as well, you know. Yeah, da- dads yeah. now are a lot more hands on, thank God, with the kids than years ago, and there's a lot more oh, activity God, yeah. going on in the home. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But the but the but rural then, pub, the likes of the anchor and many like it. Mm-hmm. They would have been the centre of the community for all the news and the gossip and checking out people. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But um, the crack, the crack was then like you see the muscle fairs. The muscle fairs were mad. The Bantry muscle fair, yeah, is that still going? Yeah. yeah. Oh God, no, 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 no. Shame, That's isn't it? Finished now. Yeah. It's an awful shame. Yeah, it's an awful shame. But um, no, I'm glad to share my story with you. And as I said, you know, you probably saw it. You read it. Um, details in that um, email that we sent you with my picture. That's right. No, I mean, it was, it yeah. was you know, when I was chatting with Joe, I said I'd give you a bell. I didn't yeah. know it was only five or six months ago, but it's always lovely to catch up. Are you enjoying retirement now? I'm not retired at all. <laughs> I'll never, never retire. So what are you doing? What are you doing now? I'm sitting down looking out the window here drinking a cup of tea. <laughs> That's retired to me. <laughs> but, um, no, I would, I would love, I, um, I, as I said, I, I worked just all my life, like I mean, I worked in various different catering businesses, and you know it. Um, but the anchor was my life. It was you know, and I, as I said, I could tell you more and more about it. Maybe, maybe sometime when you're in West Cork, I, I can will. Pick up I call it. Yeah, we yeah. call into the anchor, and we'll I, and I can. We'll do that. Then, we'll do that. We'll do that. Oh, we'll yeah, call in together. Yeah. And right. as well as that, now I just want to pass you over there to Joe because he just wanted to have a quick word with Joe about um, Kelly's restaurant. Do you, are you familiar <laughs> I, with it? I was, I, ate, I was only, I ate there last year actually. We went in for a big feed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I'll just pass you over there. All now, right, Neil, okay, quick hello. Bef- before I go, Neil, um, could I just um, say to you that... Um, my grandson's birthday is the 13th of June. If you could um, just shout out a happy birthday to him. What's Ian his name? Cochran. 
What's his name? Kian Coughlin. Kian Coughlin. Well, let's let's do it yeah. now, and hopefully, I remember to do it on the thirteenth. But happy birthday for ten yeah. days' time, Kian. Yeah. All right, listen, Una, it's and lovely I'll chatting with you. I'll over to yeah. Joe and mind yourself, Neil. And thank all right, you. girl, mind yourself. Take care. All the best. That's all from Yanka Bar. How, How goes it, my man? Do you eat in the in Kelly's on the on Alvar well, Street? This was actually um, my my brother owned that. He died there last <laughs> December. Oh no way! Daily. Yeah, yeah. You changed yeah. hands a few times. Did he have it recently or what? Oh, God, no, they took it over in 1989. Get away. 1989, yeah. And kept it going, didn't change the menu, kept the same traditional food on offer. Kept the same tradition, and I can tell you, Niall, he's the same name as yourself. His son, Neil, is is running the place now, and the the food is just as good, if not better. I love it in there. It's a great place to get good food and plenty of it and piping hot. It is. Yeah. It is. I was yeah. in there a few weeks ago. I know I drop in every so often. I go up to my wife's grave. What's, there, go, what's good in there, Joe? Way. What's good in there? Oh, well, the last time I was in, oh, I had um, I had fish, fish, plenty of mash, plenty, plenty of veg. There's no way in the white earthly world you'd ever get a bit of corned beef and cabbage in there, is there? Uh, I'll put that on the menu again. I'll say it to him. Do would you? And you can be a shout on the day <laughs> that it's on, will you? I'll tell you, Ona, only for Ona there, I, I'd be last myself. Like I was telling you the last time, when, know, after my wife died, you know. After your wife, no, I mean, she, we she had a lovely she deserves, she deserves a good break, to be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. went through hard old times herself. Nah, she's herself. a lovely old sort, in fairness to her. It's great to chat with her. And you too, and oh, I'm, glad, I'm glad that she's the light of your life. I might meet you first, but uh, you organised the lunch, right? The bacon and cabbage, or the corned beef and cabbage, and the two of us will go in and eat it, all right? Inside in Kelly's. Inside in Kelly's. So I'll do that, Neil, yeah, and so the three of us can go in. All right, bye. Looking forward to you. Come back to me when it's on the menu, Joe, right? I will. I'll do that, Neil. No all right, bye. Cheers. All. all the best. All the best. I've got another giveaway for you now. I'll say no more about it. You know the drill. They tried, they tried to bring in a law on Grafton Street, right, <laughs> against loitering. <laughs> and it doesn't sound so bad when you say it like that. When you think about it, that's a law against doing nothing. <laughs> Cannot loiter. Now, for a long time, Dublin has thought it was something to do with cigarettes. <laughs> you can't loiter. <laughs> Who am I supposed to f and smoke us all? You big cushy dad. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. The great Tommy Tiernan plays the marquee. Get darling now for tickets. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Okay, one more bunch of shoutouts on the way in a few minutes' time. Your last opportunity to, to let us know who you are and where you are to oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. We're talking about reminiscing this morning. It's a nice way to start off the bank holiday weekend. If I could get you to do absolutely nothing for about six and a half minutes, right? I'm going to tell you a quick story first. Uh, I got a beautiful piece of prose sent to me by email about a week back called The Old and, and the New, A Walk from Wilton to Town and Back. And it was written by Adrienne Acton. And I was reading it and I loved it. And I loved it so much that I said to myself, I wouldn't be doing this justice if I just read out her story on air. So the lads got back onto Adrienne and I asked her just to record it herself. And that's what she's done. So if you just maybe just sit there for about six, six and a half minutes, uh, close your eyes not if you're driving, uh, and just listen and just get into the story and you can picture every single part of it in your mind's eye. The old 
old and the new. A walk from Bishopstown to town and back. Shiny supermarkets selling all the latest offerings for this modern and fast-paced world are only yards away from the established and settled homes of Bishopstown Drive and Summertown Road. Down to St Finbar's Cemetery to pay respects and pay homage to Terence McSweeney, Donica DeBarra, Tomas McCurtain and all other Cork patriots. Their monumental lives and monumental graves keeping us proud and humble and grateful. A monster crane towers over Nesson Place at St Finbar's West. New electric powered post vans deliver to well-established and well-worn porterhouses. Unsigned wall art and murals adorn gable ends. No need for vanity here. An LGBTQ flag hangs from the upstairs window of a townhouse. An old man sits at the door on a kitchen chair, sipping his tea and resting his ageing bones while watching the world go by. New cars must slow down to travel over ancient cobbles. The crunch of tyres over stone, a lovely sound. The spire of St Finbar's Cathedral, a place where I stood and recalled my own, peaks majestically over chimney stacks. The sign for Murphy's famous stout and porter goes unnoticed above modern hairdressers and barbers. Elizabeth Fort of 1626 and 17th century cottages stand proudly with new signage of glass and chrome to educate the visitor. The beautiful red bricks of Reed Square, Friar Street, Evergreen Buildings and St Kevin Square. Homes with generations of love and tales. Indulged cats sit in upstairs windows, licking their paws and soaking up the sun. Window boxes and planters tell you that this house is loved. This house is home. Polished front doors of industry place. Kind words are exchanged between neighbours. An industrial arm of progress hangs ominously over the remains of Nancy Spain's where we laughed and drank and danced. Old buildings turned into modern coffee shops cater to the cream of youth. The conversations of modern warfare is old news to the crumbling and scarred war-weary walls. Down the clean steps of Nicholas Church Lane to where some of the charity and kindness of Cork lives. St. Nicholas House, Christian Fellowship, Bernardo's. Across the beautiful, quaint Nanonagel Bridge, the Cork emblem welcomes you. The 800 years of our beautiful city is honoured. Again, the old and the new. Old buildings offering solidarity with Ukraine. An advert for beer. A new cafe sits across from the library that holds ancient knowledge and indulges children's imaginations. We commemorate 100 years. A few new shiny coins from those looking for good luck sit in the Walter Berwick Fountain. The medieval city wall greets you in the park where they sit with cappuccinos and lattes. Old smokers sit underneath the new air purifiers contemplating their next move. All solicitors pacing on the courthouse steps wear pointy tan-coloured shoes while they say very important things down the phone, all of which has been said before. The clock at the Queen's Old Castle competes with the four liars of Shandon to tell the correct time. The blue McDonald's with Woodford born trading since 1750 above the door. The unnoticed St. Augustine's Trust across from eateries of foreign fare. The Latin Mass in St. Peter and Paul's is still beautiful. The pleasure of sitting upstairs in the English market. 
eyes closed, absorbing the smells and sounds of chat and laughter, banter and barter, fresh bread to take home. The hypnotic corks sing, song, accent gives comfort, a feeling of belonging. The good morning is genuine and the smile reaches the eyes and the sing-along cork accent is music to the ears. The cold cake is the place to be seen shopping. Coffee outdoors is new, coffee indoors is old. Buying Drasheen in the market makes you a food connoisseur. Backstreet outfitters are quiet. Disposable cash is flung into pennies and discount stores. Golden Discs is still the path to some. Gentlemen's Quarters blasts out modern music under the established sign of 1833. A power box on the street reads, The Boys of Fair Hill. The Echo Boy calls from the post office. He offers today's news to the old city. Opera Lane offers up-to-the-minute fashion, while Crawford allows you to gaze upon the past masters. Down towards Fitzgerald Park, every accent can be heard, every language can be heard. Young UCC students chat excitedly about their plans, their loves and their belief that they can change the world. The museum takes us back into our collective past. The impromptu music session in the park draws us back to the present. A walk along the Lee that connects us to Gugon, that connects us to each other. The simplicity and intricate beauty of the shaky bridge warms your heart. The crow's nest is gone, replaced with towers. Chan Maya still look up to the county hall. Backs turned to where we all should have been watching. Established old cork homes have cherry blossoms and oak trees in their gardens. Back up to Wilton where we started. The old and the new of our cork. Warm the heart, wouldn't it? It's just a classic piece of prose. Adrienne Acton, who recorded it herself for us. It's just a beautiful thing. Well done. You should be so proud. I'm so proud of the city when I sat back and listened to that for the first time. It's a beautiful piece. And... Uh, our beautiful, beautiful city. Thank you for sharing that with us, Adrian. It's beautiful. Last shout-outs for Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Little Island Transport and Carrick Tool. Classic drinks uh, down a Little Island. Everybody at Select Hotels on the Modern Road. Bowdrin and Ahern Foods. Everyone at the Donovan and Company Solicitors in Kinsale. ESB Networks Ireland. Eurocar Parts. The House of Hair in Kinsale. Halley Dental Care on Mary Street are listening. Everybody at Bark Park in Ballinahina. Joe's Edge Hair Salon. Oranor Tires in Ballinahina. Colleague, Oliver Hayes Gardening Services, Lehan Motors, Maxaw Garage, Nesbitt's Catering, The Waterstone Clinic, The Dean Hotel, Rockwell Engineering. I won't get to everybody this week, lads. Cheeky Cherubs, everybody working at Unified Packaging in the IDA in Carrick Tool to Blue Coast Skip Hire, Countrywide Drains, O'Leary's Lissarda for Volkswagen, Cork Distribution, Little Island, Stantin Blackpool, staff at the Imperial Hotel, uh, Block 3 at St. Mary's Health Campus are listening, the SNAs and the staff at the Divine Child in Ballon Temple, Dennehy's Health and Fitness, Balafihan Healthcare, Murray Properties, good morning to Alice and Katrina, Fusion Hair Design, Irish Removals, one or two more, PGB Sports in Blackpool, uh, Bernard Dorgan Tires, ECI JCB, Gems Craft, uh, Northside Tires, Munster DG, Unifar, Maxall in Douglas, and EMH Technical Services. There are the shout-outs for this week. We'll pick a winner for Roosters Piri Piri in the next few minutes' time. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 104 106.
Red FM. I just want to say best of luck to everybody involved in the Middleton Farmers Market. They're celebrating their 22nd year in business this weekend. There's a massive big party on there tomorrow down in Middleton. I think that well could be the first one, lads. I think that was maybe the one that did the original groundbreaking. I think we have a large hamper of fresh artisan foods to give away from the stall holders down at the market there. And I'm talking about a lot of them. There are 27 stalls. Soon it's going to go up to 33 at the Middleton Farmers Market. And they got amazing choice. If you haven't been down there, it's well worth the trip. Artisan breads, vegetables, herbs, fruit in season, all the organic organic produce that they're that they're growing. A lot of it quite locally. Local honey, oysters, fresh fish, wild mushrooms, all sorts of forest food, loads of baking, pickles and gluten-free treats and smoked fish and pate and shellfish and pork and meat products, gorgeous chicken and eggs and cheese and pies. Oh my God, it's amazing down there. They've got a lot of music organised down there tomorrow as well, the Cork Light Orchestra. Now, Seamus will be there, microphone in hand savouring it and also picking up the uh, audio of the party uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon. There's a 30-piece pop orchestra there as well is going to be playing. It's going to be a great day. The weather's going to be on their side as well. And you know what? I imagine it's fair to say that Frank Hedeman's been there since the off, if not since the off, quite close to it. Does the most fantastic smoked salmon. Frank, good morning. Good morning. Incre- How are you? An incredible day. I can't do it justice. People just have to go tomorrow. It's going to be fantastic. Well, 22 years is a very significant milestone for any market, and particularly uh, a market such as Middleton. Um, it's a, what we call a primary producer market, so the people who are producing the food are trading there. Yeah, yeah And yeah. Uh, it's been very, very successful, and it's a, it's a joy, and the, 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 the people who come along and, and enjoy it there have, are, have been magnificently loyal to, to the market over the years. Yeah, but there's a lovely story as to how it started. I think some businesses closed and Darina came up with the idea of using the car park. Isn't that right? And then Claude McKenna no, got involved no, originally no, and Barry no, no. Tyner. No, no? It, was, it was an initial... Oh, hang on a second. I think I've lost him and I don't want to lose... Oh, damn, that's a bummer. How does that happen? That's a bummer. He was going to tell me a really good story. Anyway, if I can get that back in the next couple of seconds, I will. But Free Food Friday winner for this week, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. We have Feelings Pharmacy at Blackrock Hall. Now, this will feed 15 of you, lads. So if there's not 15 of you there, I know there's a lot of other businesses and the doctor surgeries up above you and everything. So make sure you share the food. But Roosters Piri Piri winners this week, Feelings Pharmacy in Blackrock Hall. So thank you uh, for texting and indeed to everybody else. Hang in there sooner or later. You'll get yourself sorted and you'll win. It'll feed 15 of you. So enjoy it. Sorry, Frank. I was in the middle of that story and I, got, I cut you off for some reason. No, what happened? What happened there? No problem. We okay. So there. you were telling me, what what was the start then? The start was that uh, we had started marketing the cold came many years ago, back in the 90s. And we then moved on to Temple Bar in Dublin. And then uh, some of the local councillors in Middleton decided that it wouldn't be a bad idea at all to have a market in, uh, in Middleton. Yeah. And a few of us were approached, including Mrs. Allen and uh, myself and Davy Barry from Ballantubber, who's with us today in the, in the market here. He's the Coast. farmer, isn't he? He's the farmer with the most wonderful root vegetables in East Cork, I can assure you. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we, we put it, the game together and we started in the small little car park behind the telecom building in Middleton. And then we progressed to the new facility that was built for us. Uh, I don't know, um, maybe uh, eight, about 15 years ago. And it goes so strange. Isn't East Cork amazing for produce? Even the list that I read out a while ago. And all well, from the locale. 
Well, what you what you must understand, and your listeners must understand, it all started in East Cork. Yeah, yeah. Our neighbours down in West Cork are laying claim as if they're the only people on the planet producing anything. But I can assure you, it's all East Cork. Basically. And there's nobody producing smoked salmon like you. What's the secret? You're going to tell me the salmon, aren't you? <laughs> no. Me, talent, the skill, the ability. Well, if you don't say it, nobody else The raw material. The fact that it's the only smokehouse in Ireland. That's the difference. Where's your salmon from? The salmon, we have wild salmon coming from the River Lee here. We have five or six families fishing for us for the last over 40 years. Um, Fishing from Cove all the way up to the city. We get wild salmon during the season from them. We get organic salmon from Clare Island uh, every week. And you just keep on hoovering up the awards, don't you? It's incredible. Well, you know, if you stay steadfast and you uh, make a good food product and you get it out there to the the public. It sells itself. All over. People appreciate it and it's consistent. And our recent award was a great credit to my crew and to my family and to the longevity of our produce if you're getting it right every week that's what matters what's going to happen what's going to happen tomorrow then I mean there's a big event a big party there's going to be lots of sampling and stuff you know they they will be there and and I'm unfortunately I suppose there'll be a certain amount of face painting as well there you go (laughs) and uh, you'll have the music as you mentioned earlier on that'll be there but I think most importantly for a food market it should be down to the food it should be about the tasting of the food yeah yeah absolutely I heard Fanine retired recently did he? Fanine retired recently after a long time 40 years my god and the most wonderful thing about Fanine is that we went in there last Thursday finished on Saturday and it was the same as it was when I had the first goose at Christmas and Christmas pudding at Christmas. We had the mussels and the duck. It was exactly the same and that's what people want. You want the same palate experience. That's right. Every yeah. time. He deserves a want. rest, doesn't he? He does. Like he does. He's magnificent. He was a, he was, I don't know if he was my first or second customer all those years ago, but it was either he or, or, or Michael Ryan about Penelope. But one or the other were my first or second customer and loyal forever. Okay. What time does the event kick off tomorrow, the 22nd we'll be, anniversary? They'll be rocking up there now tomorrow morning as of about uh, 8.30, 8.45, that kind of way. Okay, and the weather's on Everyone's your side. Everyone's welcome you... and tell, do come along, it'll be wonderful. Reasonably good weather for you too. Happy anniversary for tomorrow, Frank, and congratulations you. on you your indeed. success. Fair play to you. Take, Take care. care. Good luck to everybody down at Middleton Farmer's Market. That's Frank Hederman, the legendary smoked salmon producer. It's all down to him, he says, and if he doesn't say it, who will? Now, as soon as I get further details of the large hamper of the uh, fresh artisan foods, all of the stallholders tomorrow will put it all together and we'll get it organised and we'll, you know, hampered up, uh, get it delivered out here. We'll give it away early next week, okay? Uh, I think we might get another couple of prizes for them when Seamus is down there tomorrow he has a way of convincing people so a lot of uh, produce and maybe vouchers and things to give away next week courtesy of the farmer's market but if you're around for the bank holiday tomorrow afternoon is a great visit for you to the Middleton 22nd birthday party good luck to everybody now quite a lot of texts on different topics Uh, I mean we'd be here all day talking about the herd uh, depth trial but what can you do Uh, whatever about having a great bank holiday weekend people should have a safe bank holiday weekend and not be on the roads if they're blotto 
with drink. I always wait with anxiety as the bank holiday unfolds for the news reports of deaths from crashes because people are not paying attention to their driving or they're full of drink or drugs. I hope the Gardaí are out in their numbers to keep us safe from drivers who should be nowhere near a vehicle this bank holiday weekend. Well said, well said. Then on the bakeries, there was McCarthy's Bakery off Blarney Street, up around Corn Market Street. That was my first job. Um, and I'd pop in uh, still to this day if they were there for 10 biscuit cakes to, de- ten biscuit cakes to the pound. <laughs> they were massive. Happy days, Neil. Robbing the trays of cakes from the Thompson's van as a schoolboy with my classmates. <laughs> you thief, yeah? You would be allowed to take the crumbs in the back of the van, but not robbing the cakes. My father, Mick Hoare, was a great friend of Dave Barry's. He also worked in Hosford's and Mother's Pride for 50 years. Do you remember Haddon's on the South Main Street? I do. Anthony's dad worked there. A pound a day for slicing bread. That was my summer job, says Billy. I love the man talking about Cork. That's Michael from earlier on. Just great radio. I could listen to Neil and his guests all day, and I'm not even from Cork. And another one here. Did you know me how Martin worked in a bakery when he was young? No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, Thompson's bread would kill a man dead, especially a man with a baldy head. That's the old saying, says Mick. And one more. My father, Liam Bunty Ormond, and his cousin were co-owners of Ormond and Ahern's in Shandon Street. Lots of memories growing up with bread and cakes in the house. I worked there as a teenager. My father still has the premises in Shandon Street today. My name is Oliver. Oh, Olive Ormond. Now Olive Ormond Hughes. Fair play to you. Uh, and there's lots more like that. We can go back to them on Monday. Keep your stories and your reminiscence, reminiscence coming to 0868104106 by text. But let's see if they've, uh, if they've taken, they haven't taken delivery yet, but they know they've won Free Food Friday for this week. Feelings Pharmacy Morning! Good morning! <laughs> <laughs> How many of you are there? Um, about 12. Okay, well, you're going to have to share the food with some businesses around you then. Oh, that's oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. You're welcome. Enjoy it. Have a great bank holiday weekend. You <laughs> Great winners this week. Feelings Pharmacy. Well done. Free Food Friday winners. 15 if you'll be fed. Courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. We got some shout outs for you here. Happy birthday to Betty O'Mara from Tallow and County Waterford turning 60 today. Big fan of the show. And Burr, Caroline, Paul, Amy and David send their regards to you. And also morning. Please say hi to everybody at Copine National School. The best of luck in the Cork City sports today. And that's from Sharon Hayes. I'm out of time, guys. There's lots more that I need to pick up on. Our lines will stay open on 0868104106. If you do have a sh- story to share, you can always email neil at redfm.ie. Enjoy the bank holiday weekend. I'll talk to you Tuesday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.